You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, everyone will be equipped with their own meat pocket so they can carry around their own personal meat bags. And this is Jesse. In the future, monthly mystery subscription boxes will allow you to choose all the contents, thus nullifying the mystery, and we'll just call it shopping. This is Melanie, and in the future, passwords will become more secure because they'll be based on your physical qualities and genetics, but people will still be able to fake it. So you'll have to use those in a password form like eyeball, thumb, tongue, eyeball, butthole. Is this like a <laughs> super super matter of fact? <laughs> <laughs> so, are we talking about this as kind of like retinal or rectal scanning technology yeah. and stuff? But yeah. you gotta like scan it in a certain order. Uh, no one's gonna guess your password. That's right. <laughs> I don't want to use the I don't want to use the password scanner after you use it. <laughs> That's right, especially not, you know, if it's... At least you at least you use the right order and you didn't give yourself the stink eye. Exactly, exactly. You know, I was, was going to quote clerks, too. You never, you never go A to mouth. <laughs> welcome to the Grolix Podcast. Episode welcome, number... Welcome. 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 Episode number 30. <laughs> the big 3-0. Whoa, that's like a landmark, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the first... Hill, we gotta go get over right, isn't that you know? And then you dirty thirty. Yeah, we're starting out right. That's true. Over the hill and dirty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> over the hill and dirty. Uh, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Not as much in-house stuff as last episode. That was that was a pretty long intro to before we actually got to comics. Mm-hmm. But we do have some in-house stuff to talk about, and then we got some good comic stuff to talk about. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I want to mention right off the bat is, uh, if you're a subscriber to the show, you know, we had this last month, we, we did an interview with Vince Dorse, uh, creator of Untold Tales of Bigfoot, who was running a Kickstarter. And I told him it would. It succeeded. He got funded and then some. Mm-hmm. Yep. You were even like, uh, you better get on those stretch goals because it's happening. It's happening. Mm hmm. And not only one, but two stretch goals. Yeah, that's awesome. He he does such great work, but that's not to say that people that do great work don't like run Kickstarters that don't succeed. But it started like so strong. Oh yeah. I, I felt pretty confident. He was obviously nervous about it naturally, but uh yeah, it succeeded. Several days before, and then yeah, he hit two kicks the two stretch goals, so and that's a great episode, too, so people should check it out. It's Grolix Nights number 10. Yeah, I got to talk to him about a lot of cool stuff. My only regret was not maybe probing him a little bit more about, like, the subject matter of the comic, the webcomic itself, mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. think I think that's one area, and it's my fault, that's one area I neglected a little bit that would have been good for listeners unfamiliar with it. And I wanted to know about how you can 3D print merchandise. 
Well, I didn't ask him that either. I know. I was upset. Well, you should have been here. You could have been. <laughs> I wrote down some questions, okay? Uh, yeah, we. well, we got... It was listen. It was a good interview. It was a full interview, mm-hmm. and we did talk a lot about Bigfoot. So I don't know how you can go wrong here. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't. You didn't. Nope. Nope. Yeah, but three three D printing isn't helping people like ex- helping explain to people what the heck we're talking about in the first place. You know. Oh well, no. But it would have been interesting. Yeah, I'm crazy interested in three D printing, and if I don't have to, if and if I can order something online, and instead of waiting for it to get shipped, I can just have it. Why would you not do that? <laughs> I mean, you know. Okay, so what she's talking about is there's a service where creators can like, um, I don't know the deal. That was kind of the thing. Like we were going to ask him about this right. the service, but basically, like you can order a uh, a Bigfoot figurine mm-hmm. or Scout or something like that. And right now, the company would 3D print it and then ship it to you. But in the future, what they want to do is you can order like a download of it and then print it on your own 3d printer. Right. And that's what she, she was very curious about. Um, I guess the inner workings of the deal between that company and, and the creators and how that came about is what she's referring to. Yeah. And like, you know, say we got fans someday, that'd be nice. And they wanted to <laughs> print out a Grolix or something to sit on their desk. Couldn't, could we just like, you know, put in the, the this is what it looks like. Put it in your 3D printers. I'll send you that. Or do we have to have a company that you know trademarks our crap and does all that and or you know, however it works? You know me. If it's a possibility, I'm going to figure out how to do it myself yeah. and send people that junk. You know. Yeah. I like the fact that there's a future where people want to put like <laughs> a, a, a de facto swear word on their desk. It's a growling. Yeah. Want that? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> then, when, then when people make just you mad, you just point it. That's all. <laughs> just point at it. Hey, look! You look at the Grolix. <laughs> look at the Grolix. And, and if you mm-hmm. if you don't take care of that, I'm gonna slap you with it. Mm-hmm. Slap you with this Grolix. And it's better than a real bad word because they could be imagining the worst bad word, and you could just yeah, you know be true. So how many Grolix symbols do you put in there? Four, because all the real bad words seem to have four letters. I would do four, and then I'd put an exclamation point at the end just to confuse people. Because that way, like, it could be what? like. Isn't the it? exclamation point, or it could be another symbol in case it's like a five-letter bad word. Right. So you don't know. How many five-letter bad words are there? You just put S at the end of all of them. <laughs> just put S at the end of all of them. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Just make them all plural. <laughs> uh, okay. So before we stray from that too much further, uh-huh. uh, when we're talking about untold tales of Bigfoot, um, we're talking about untoldtalesofbigfoot.com. And you should check it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We talked about it last episode and I should have went back and listened to what we said. Episode three, when we originally talked about it, because he referenced it specifically, he referenced. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I had to throw it in at the end. Like there was actually a lot of good stuff that I kind of cut out of the interview just because there was a couple things that we went back on and like went back and recorded a little out of order. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know how we do natural conversation flows mm-hmm. like is happening right now. Right. Um, so there was some good stuff that didn't make it into the episode, but that little bit where he said that he didn't remember, he didn't, he couldn't remember which one of us had said it, but one of us had said during our initial review of, or shout out for his web comic that we get the, the feeling that he likes making people sad. <laughs> and he said, he commented on that and he said, that's perfect. And he says his friends oftentimes, like his friends grabbed onto that because they say oftentimes 
that fits. Mm-hmm. And he confirmed it. He's like, yeah, that's. He likes to make you pretty sad. Yep. That's. In fact, there was a tweet the other day that he said something about he was going back. He's always revising stuff. He was going back and he figured out a couple word tweak to some dialogue just to make it a little bit more sad. Mm-hmm. And he was super <laughs> thrilled about this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But so, yeah, that was a good time. Check that out. One of the very few one-on-one interviews we've had. I think I've done two for the podcast mm-hmm. one-on-one interviews. Oh, well, I'm glad you were good with it because I know you get nervous. It wasn't bad, and it helps when the guest is super nervous, too. It just makes me feel a little bit better. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, we're both going to be awkward and nervous. Let's band together with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Moving on. There's other things to mention. We have this w- email address for people to send us emails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sadly, we don't get a whole lot of emails that aren't um, na- along the lines of natural male enhancement at this point. We, we, we get it. People don't like email. Like they don't, they don't do it. We do get it. Now, if you happen to, if you, <laughs> if, if for some reason you were like, Oh, what? I didn't even know. You can send an email at letters. That's L E T T E R S, like letters, letters page, letters at grolicspodcast.com. And we'd like to do like, um, you know, you can ask us questions or comment on something we talked about previously, or we're usually pretty upfront with like what comics we'll be talking about next episode. So if you have something to chime in on the next poll list pick or something like that, send us some. Feedback there, and we'll talk about it. You know, we'll mention it in the show. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah. we have a Google Voice line. If you want to, what? How long have we had that? Uh, a couple episodes now. <laughs> like oh, two, so three, several months. A couple months. <laughs> a couple months. What, what is this? What is this thing? Okay, it's a phone number. Okay, where you can call and leave a voice message. Please keep it within what two minutes. Yeah, and we'll play that on the show. You can leave us some verbal feedback. You can join the Grolix podcast. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I like it. Uh, please don't make us Grolix you. Yeah, we will screen these. And uh, th- it is the Grolix podcast, so we it is, we do censor ourselves a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's the Grolix. We got to. <laughs> they censor me all the time. Yes, we, you're the main one. Yeah. <laughs> You've been doing pretty good lately. I haven't, okay. had, to, I haven't had to trim too many, too many extra swears. Mm-hmm. But if you want to leave us a voice message, and you really should, you can call 559-426-6427, or if this helps you remember, it's 559-4-COMICS. <laughs> Whoa! 559-4-COMICS. 559-4-COMICS. 4-COMICS. Number four. But comics, you can spell it out. Just like in the old days. Yep. Um, so yeah, you can leave us a voice message or you, you know, if you want to record like an MP3 or something, or uh, just record an audio file and email that to us letters at grolicspodcast.com. We'd love to get a, like an awesome feedback segment going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, do like, uh, tone pads even do that anymore? Tone pads? Do well, you know, like, are there tone pads to... anymore? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. But you know, like, <laughs> tone... okay. I don't know what I was going for there. Um, like they used to, like each number had a number of letters next to it. Mm-hmm. Do we even have that anymore? You know, like, that's a good question. I bet they're I, still listed. I think there's an option for it on the phone. You can switch, oh, okay. have your have your uh, phone set to that, but it takes so long. Only people who have ingrained it in their thumbs and don't have to look at the phone to do it still to use it. My phone, my phone, when I pull up the number dialer, which mm-hmm. there's actually no buttons on this phone. But when I pull up the number dialer, it still lists the uh, the letters. Mm-hmm. 
ABC, oh. D, oh, okay. F, and such. Well, well, even what's this hashtag? What you mean, pound sign? No hashtag. <laughs> why why do phones from the nineties have hashtags? Twitter wasn't yeah. even around. Why do they oh, call it hanging up? Oh my god! Ah, that one's ridiculous <laughs> to me. Hanging up. Oh, somebody's somebody, a child that's never had a phone on a receiver. Why do they call it hanging up? It makes sense because they don't know. I know, but it's ah, oh my goodness. It's Work. just it's just one of their hangups. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So do they question that expression? Probably. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Yeah. Help keep us on track. Send us in some, uh, ah. just feedback. Okay. Now this, you can get, cut this out if you need, but is there some way that we could just have a thing where they could, if they're too lazy to email, but they want to say something like they could say something and it'll still like, it'll be there, but it can send it to us as an email. So we can pretend we got email and read it. What do you mean? Like just a, <laughs> a comment section. Yeah. It's called then- Facebook and Twitter and comments on the website yeah i mean we're 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 open to any of that okay yeah we're open to all of that actually uh we got some good feedback uh because of the vince doors uh interview we had somebody tweet at us that they uh backed the the kickstarter because of the show yeah it was awesome wow yeah super awesome we made a difference we do we did Uh we made Uh a difference that's exciting and now that we've changed uh podcast uh, like hosting uh, mm-hmm. file hosting uh we don't have to get into into it too much but problems there's some issues with it problems aside i actually have some stats to look at now whereas before mm-hmm. we've never really had reliable stats for downloads and plays and stuff right and uh yeah i've been impressed i don't want to get into numbers but i've been impressed with how many we've been we've gotten the last couple episodes so people listen they just don't talk to us people are no well that's you know what though that's all right that's pretty that's pretty normal, isn't it? They want to be a lurker. That's fine. Yeah. As much as I'm on Twitter and stuff, I don't, the podcasts I listen to most, I don't tweet them most of the time. I figure they're busy. Yeah. I don't, I don't do anything. So there you go. Yeah. That's what I did, uh, last year for, um, podcast day, international podcast days. I realized that, uh, I don't communicate with any of the podcasts that I listen to. So that's what I did was tried to leave some, feedback yeah which is awesome i thought you were like a mr answering questions on some podcast guy all the time. well i am doing that but well that's like, yeah that's a rarity and and that makes me part of the show <laughs> uh-huh. mm. that's a totally different thing because okay. it's all about me <laughs> <laughs> they love jesse on that show too yeah <laughs> We're talking about the two-headed nerd, Jesse. We love Jesse on every show. That's true. We love Jesse on our show more. (laughs) (laughs) I get more than two minutes here. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) No, I love my two minutes on that show, but I love my more than two here. (laughs) (laughs) You get get like two hours here. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a relatively handy segue. So let's talk about this other thing. What what other thing are you speaking of? It's a thing that we're launching this month. What? A rocket? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> a rocket to financial stability. <gasps> Ooh. But this this sounds like a poorly planned metaphor. <laughs> I think the thrusters are going to go out though. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. No. We're launching a Patreon. What is this crazy Patreon thing that you're talking about that I've never heard of before? 
it's a way for fans of things, of podcasts and musicians and comic creators and stuff to support the people that are creating content they enjoy. Like Kickstarter, but it's not a one-time like big campaign thing. It's like a monthly, in our case, it'd be a monthly subscription thing. Where if you want to, if you want to throw us a couple bones every month, uh, you get all kinds of, all kinds of perks and, and extra content and stuff like that. And then anything that comes our way goes right back into the show. It goes to help cover hosting costs, upgrading our equipment, going and having special things at like conventions that are big and cool and have awesome people we could possibly get to talk to us. I'd like to table at a convention. We'll find people to interview. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll just sit there and podcast all day. Okay. Like, who are you? Sit down. Talk at us. Right. Yeah. yeah. Ma- make some nerd sounds. Make a lot of nerd <laughs> sounds. Maybe a video episode here or there. No. <laughs> Maybe a video episode where we blur Melanie's face and then just for fun alter her voice like it was cops or something. Can, can I just sit in a shadow in the background, like on a high <laughs> school? You'd be like, like a witness. You'll be like yeah. the cigarette smoking man from the X-Files. Yes. Before they reveal That is face. what I want to be. It'll be me and Jesse, like, uh, and we're all brightly lit. We got, like, <laughs> a nice background, like, comic book background. And then there's just a shadow with, like, a smoke cloud waft out of it once in a while. And <laughs> It'll be like uh, like in the 80s when you get your um, your school photo taken and they could put down, like, different backgrounds behind you. So it could be, like, palm trees or just green. So we'll have backdrops. Or we can have you sit, we can have you sit in a big chair, like a big armchair. Turn you away three quarters from the camera oh. so we can't see your face, and then you could sit there and pet pon- bonsai. So all we see is your hand. It'd be like claw mm-hmm. from yeah. uh, Inspector Gadget. Yeah, but then I'd have to wear a claw. Or it wouldn't be as cool. You don't need a claw. <laughs> okay, so this Patreon is so we can afford claws. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Although we can't afford claws without help. That's true. They're expensive. Those claws. Right now, technically, we pay to do this. Yeah. Which we would do that anyways, but it'd be super awesome to get help. So some of the stuff that we do right now, we maintain a website and that's in addition to this show. Like on that website, we, we lay out monthly big finish audio reviews. We'll review, uh, comic books. We'll review services like Nerd Block or Loot Crate. Uh, and we just, we just do that as additional content in addition. I'm going to say additional again. So in addition, I'm going to add this additional information about how we add things in addition to the show. Wow. <laughs> that was, that was a lot of math. That's a lot. That's all the math. To speak on the website, I would like to improve and upgrade the website, move the website to a different, to different hosting situation, which would give us more control over it. And then podcast hosting, because the more podcasts we release or the longer episodes we release, uh, the more expensive it gets. I've already had to bump up our podcast hosting account a tier because when you throw in the pre-show and then interview episodes, which is not uncommon for us to do, you run up against that, that limit, that monthly limit real quick. But having that podcasting podcast hosting is important because it means we have a more reliable way for those files to get to you. And if we happen to have a episode that a lot of people that like becomes popular, everyone can access it and it won't get bandwidth choked out, choked out by the bandwidth limits. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's like a bandit. 
the bandwidth. The bandwidth bandit. <laughs> when that's not even to say uh, the time and expenses in order to acquire the reading material. And in terms of that aspect, it's not even so much like, because we're going to be buying comics anyway. You know, we're not we're not looking to get free no. comics. But the I think the thing that like really kind of fuels the show is the poll list segment. We do it every episode. And sometimes those books are hard to track down. And, you know, we always include, you know, if it's not available, we maybe we'll have to do something else. We include that clause. But for the most part, we haven't really we've went to some lengths to ensure that we have the book in hand to read or have a digital copy like that. We can get these books every month um, that the listeners and the visitors to the website choose. We've actually been lucky, but it does cost some time and money. To track well, some of these books down. Was it like uh, Duncan the Wonder Dog was the most notable uh-huh. pickup where where I was trying desperately to find it. And then I, I even paid for it and then didn't get it even after I paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't they try to charge, charge you twice or something? It, well, it showed up twice. And then they took away one of the like repeated charges. And, and they were like, here, do this and you'll get the book. And I still couldn't get the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then we found it. Was it. Like, uh, yeah, and then we found it on a forum somewhere, <laughs> it, like, mm-hmm. like legally and officially posted online for free. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, and it was free anyways on the website. It was just easier to read. Yeah. In a, in a PDF format. What we're most excited about are the goals. Like the first goal uh, is what uh, commentary track, which we've been talking about forever. Oh man, the commentaries! I'm super excited. And at different levels, it'll kind of like unlock different things we'll do record a commentary track for swamp thing the live action movie yes <laughs> uh a little higher up record a commentary track for the worst superhero movie of all time or worst comic book movie of all time as chosen by patreon members so we'll have like a poll or something in the patreon like that that our our patrons can access and they'll choose what they think is the worst movie and we'll suffer through it probably twice because I'll have to watch it before we record it. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, maybe some Doctor Who down the road, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. There's different tiers. Like, you can give a dollar, a dollar a month, and that'll get you access to our Patreon-only feed, update feed. We'll post all kinds of fun stuff. We got me and Jesse, we like, we like, you know. We like doing stuff like that, so we've got some fun ideas. Kicking you never around. know when a puppet might show up. You never know when I might just draw some crazy thing. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, maybe run some, some dread lip selfie uh, competitions. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or uh, have a rap battle. okay maybe not a rap battle maybe it'll just me saying it'll make money (laughs) oh yeah yeah. you'll get some music occasionally because that just happens Mm. (laughs) yeah 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 the rap battle took wow i was not prepared for that (laughs) okay that's not jesse's gonna rap battle himself yeah and win (laughs) If you lost, man. <laughs> I have, I've carefully studied my competition. <laughs> I'd say they're pretty evenly matched. <laughs> and then there's, you know, there's different there's different rewards tiers. I want to say my favorite rewards tier is at $5. Just $5. Mm-hmm. I think you get the most for that one because you get the pre-show episodes, mm-hmm. which is the pre-show, which is 
that when we make the little jokes all episode long that you don't know what they're about, it, <laughs> that's it, where it comes from. It probably came from the pre-show. Yeah. We hit record before we launch into future predictions. There's a whole cacophony of insanity that happens before the episode actually begins. And it's really like a whole nother podcast in itself. And so you get access to those. Those won't be released anywhere else. You get the episode as soon as it's done. Each, yeah. each podcast episode, as soon as it's done before it goes on online for everybody else, you get access to it, early access. That could be like a whole week early. It could be a whole week. It could be two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I edit right up to the minute sometimes, but like, like this episode, we're recording a solid week before it actually goes up. Mm-hmm. So you could potentially get the episode much earlier. Yeah. Like half a day. And then going up at different levels, there's stuff like, um, we'll have, if we, if we arrange interview episodes with other creators, which we will, cause those are great. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll run polls or have suggestions for questions we can ask them. Um, so at different levels, you'll be able to ask, you know, submit, start pulling the strings on us, make us your puppets. I, I was going to say, I like the name of this one, which is Puppet Enthusiast. Yep, because you get that. And then you can also suggest topics that we talk about on the episode. You can influence the show. Jesse was talking, we were talking about the answer of the week stuff that, mm-hmm. for, that he does. Uh, Jesse was saying he'd like to basically, He'll package those together and throw an intro on there as a setup for it. So you can listen to his compilations of answers for the week that otherwise you'd have to go to this other podcast and get. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There'll also be fun, ridiculous musical tracks that I'll add that you can't hear anywhere else. They'll be Grolix related or comic related and, and, you know, they'll be ridiculous and fun Mm. because I like doing that. And at a certain level, you can listen to our live stream as we record the episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the top. You can hear all the non, non Grawlixed words and awkwardness and, uh, quarrels mm-hmm. and bathroom breaks. You get it yes. all. Cats. Spider buggies. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Cat. And puppies. All cat dancing. All the yeah. stuff that oh, gets yeah. edited out. You can the hear port- in real the border collie shrieks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the the full on behind the scenes mm-hmm. right there um so you'd be able to listen to a live stream as we record which is not generally something we do i'm excited because uh people will get a real opportunity to interact with the show here i agree i think the most exciting thing about this it gives us another avenue to uh interact with people and also gives us an excuse to come up with more crazy projects that we've wanted to do in the first place, like the commentaries, like more Grolix Cares videos. Yes. Like the video game videos, just various things that we'd love to do, but man, it takes time. But this gives us an excuse and a reason to be like, go do this thing. One shows us that you're like excited about it. So if you get excited about it, we're even more excited about it because it was our idea in the first place. Yeah, yo, yo. <laughs> even I'm super excited. Even like I would throw the commentary tracks up there and like worst superhero movie of all time. We'll suffer through it. I'm even super excited for that because that I think will be fun to record commentary track where we watch these Maybe things. If without commentary track, you'd be like, oh, we got to watch it. It's the worst superhero movie of all time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've never watched barbed wire. We, well, like I originally. Actually, I have. It, when we when we first uh 
sat down to hash out this show, we wanted to do a Flaming Poo segment. But the problem was, we like everything. You know, there's even there's some things that I've read that I'm like, I can't read this anymore. I, I It's just too ridiculous for me. And then they do something like meet a stranger in the Alps or find a stranger in the Alps. Find and a stranger I, it, in re- the Alps. I'm like, okay, now I have to keep reading it because that's great. That is great. Yeah. That's an amazing reference. I know. That's I so don't obscure. Think about- yeah, I'm excited for it. Pa- Patreon, it's a good, it's a good time. It's like I feel like we need to ha- have like fireworks and cartwheels going on. Whoa, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good day for fireworks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because this release is on the Fourth of July. Yep. That's not a mistake. That's America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, that was good. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna turn some cartwheels. And light some pinwheels. Is that what they're called? Pinwheel fireworks? Is that a thing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Th- th- there is a pinwheel, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some sparklers. I was just going for the wheel redundancy, apparently. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's wheelie awkward. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This wow. is the wheel deal, guys. This is the wheel deal. Uh, so... Patreon.com slash Grolix Podcast. So it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Or just check out the site because we've talked about Patreon in the past several times. Um, oh, definitely. Go go back to uh, the Pete Mitchell episode mm-hmm. where he basically tells me I should start in Patreon. And I still haven't. Sort of. Well, and we've kicked around the idea for for the show for a while, and I'm sure you've kicked around the idea for yourself personally. Um, oh yeah, and I think I think it, talking to Pete Mitchell was kind of the thing that kicked in my mind. It's like, I mean, I, he was talking to you about your stuff, and I, I agree with him because you have awesome art things that you could put out there that you'd probably get more followers than or more more patrons than we will. But <laughs> that kind of kicked it off in my head. I was like, yeah, why are we waiting? Let's just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Worst, wor- worst case, worst case scenario, people don't. And no biggie. We'll still keep doing this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just won't be as awesome as it could otherwise be. Yeah. Yeah. And Help us be awesome. You'll be missing out because we're going to keep doing these pre-shows and they're just keep, keep doing all pizza. Yep. Stop. It's all pizza is, is one of the like levels. Yeah. That's the $5 level. That, that's the best level. I think it's it is. All pizza. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, it's a whole nother show. Yeah. Since our last episode, and actually since before our last episode actually went live, there were more more podcasts that joined the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network, and they're great shows. Yes. Um, I've been enjoying I've been enjoying both of them. I've been enjoying many of the shows on the network. The Movie Madhouse podcast, which is what you might expect. They talk about movies. Um, they have really cool spotlight episodes. It, they kind of alternate between regular episode and a spotlight episode in which they interview and have a conversation with filmmakers and stuff like that. Legit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up legit. Well, uh, where, are they, where are they based out of? Do we know? I think they're Canadian. I could yeah. be wrong. I could be wrong. I find most podcasts. Okay. Most podcasts are divided into three sections. New Jersey, Canada, and everywhere else. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Including Australia. I They do mention Canada things and locations a lot, but I haven't really okay. nailed down if they all are. Because 
it, I, I'm pretty sure they, they're one of the shows where they're all together and recording in one location. Mm-hmm. But there's several other shows I listen to where it's like one of the hosts is in Canada, the other one's in California and stuff oh, like sure. that. So mm-hmm. We should get them to send us some poutine so we can have the real deal. <laughs> hey, are you Canadian? Send us some poutine. Please. That's poutine it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've even made this pun somehow. <laughs> I don't know how, but okay, yeah, probably. You'd be surprised how often poutine comes up in this house. <laughs> I discovered poutine by listening to Canadian podcasts, and yeah. my life is all the better for it. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. I had, I had poutine in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, of all places, at Zombie Burger, so... That that suddenly kicked up Iowa a notch, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's zombie burger. <laughs> it's uh, they have incredible burgers and they have incredible poutine. And my wife is basically vegetarian, uh, so they have a vegetarian poutine. Oh, really? Yeah, which is incredible because you know, like most of the world doesn't cater to vegetarians. Mm-hmm. So vegetarian poutine, you know, yeah, vegetarian poutine. It's delightful. So is non-vegetarian poutine. I'm, I, I mean, that's so impressive. But I'm gonna be super impressed if they can make a vegan one. That's fair. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, but it's fair. I want some poutine now. Because isn't poutine like gravy over cheese curds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you couldn't have vegan cheese, could you? I don't know. Can you make tofu taste like cheese? I don't know. How do they do it? How do they live without it? I'm very interested. to. <laughs> That's why they get superpowers, according to Scott Pilgrim, because they live without everything. And then the other podcast that has joined us since then was uh, is the Mockers podcast, uh, which is it's usually two guys. I think sometimes three guys. But uh, they talk about they talk about um, a lot of TV, movies, sports, like uh, all the things. Yeah, all the things. Yeah, they music. Um, a lot of real like entertainment and pop culture oriented topics, mm-hmm. and that's a fun show too. Do they mock people? No, not really. Oh, okay. That's that's good. Yep. Don't be bullies. So stay tuned <laughs> to see what they actually do mock. Me. You. <laughs> <laughs> not not yet. They will. Before you know it, they're going to be sending me sock monkeys and. Uh, to be the- fair, that wasn't unprovoked. <laughs> that's true. Well. That also reminds me, Fatboy and Captain Llama, uh-huh. their last episode, oh, yeah. they teased um, a new, uh, it sounded like they were just going to straight up start another podcast about yes. video games. About video games, and they talk about video games anyway, so mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. I think Australia and America and the world are ready for this. I agree. I'm down, because I like listening to those guys talk about comic books and stuff, and I like when people talk about video games. It goes hand in hand. <laughs> like like chocolate and peanut butter and bananas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I don't have any chocolate vapes going oh. at this moment. That that was supposed to be a Patreon only inside joke. It is. They don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh whoops. I'll edit it so it makes sense. <laughs> or it doesn't make it makes less sense. Oh good. Uh <laughs> Super exciting thing about about organizing the podcast network is uh, there's some exciting crossover potential coming up, and so ooh, this sounds like a 
slightly vague crossover deal. Yeah. <laughs> and it won't be one of those ones where you have to listen to every other no, podcast it, to know what's going on. You know what? I do want to do one of those. You do? I oh, totally no. do. Oh, no. I like, totally do. comic book style where you're like, you don't know what's going on. We were just talking about this, but now we're talking about that because of another show. I, I'd like to do crossovers to where, you know, we have somebody from, from another show on our show. We talk about something and then we're like, now we're going to talk about this, but we're going over there. And then we join them on their show and talk about a topic. Oh, over that, there. Okay. That'd be more fun. That is more fun. Or we could just set up com- half conversations for the whole episode and then be like, we're going to resolve this and then other show go to the other show <laughs> in the next Rolex podcast find out how the mockers actually did mock us <laughs> <laughs> uh no we like some guest guest spots and stuff like that i'm excited for that type of stuff talk to some new people yes <laughs> melanie is a frowny face <laughs> it's because she doesn't know how to talk about pro wrestling Oh my god. Even the shows that even the non pro wrestling shows on the network talk about pro wrestling. Oh true. Nineteen eighties movie Graveyard. I like that show a lot. And I don't mind when shows bust into pro wrestling stuff. Um I don't follow pro wrestling, so a lot of times I'm just kinda lost for a moment. But like even them, they like they often go into they'll be talking about pro wrestling events. Oh yeah, was it uh, they were they were talking about a nightmare on Elm Street movie and they like right at the beginning they're like what I really want to talk about is the latest pay-per-view. Yep, yep. It was like, "Yes, okay, do it." That episode actually leaked like I don't know how it leaked, but it that episode hit iTunes like way earlier, like half a month before they wanted it to. So that one officially releases July 1st, so you'll be able to listen to that on electronicmediacollective.com. When this episode goes up. Oh, I got a, I got a sneak peek. Whoops. Yep. I listen, awesome. I listened to it. I listened to that episode yesterday, actually. So by the time that this releases, you can have heard that. Yep. So, it's, so I'm not spoiling anything. Uh, it was some kind of issue with, um, they use talk shoe. A couple of the shows on the network use uh, talk shoe. Yes. And so I'm guessing you can like record, but then like hold the episode back. And you know, it's, it's a lot of podcasts will record several and line them up and then release them. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, there's the system leaked <laughs> it out to iTunes first. Some people have buffers. Yep. A buffer. <laughs> yep. I mean, I mean that would be smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh like a, you know, a safe a buffer, a safety range. They'll they'll record several episodes and then they so they have time and if something mm-hmm. comes up, they've got one in the locked and loaded in the chamber. Right. Oh, oh no! This just got political. <laughs> oh no! It that, didn't. That's political. No, <laughs> made, no, it didn't. You, no. you saying Wait, this got I, political? No, no, it didn't. You saying this got political made it political? No, it was. That's it. it that's was, it. I'm having a sit in. It was. <laughs> it was innocent. <laughs> innocent. You made shotgun noises. That's not Which, a shotgun noise. That's one of those okay. All right. Little, I was just. I was gonna that. plastic that, orange things with the circles. It was a pistol. It was a pop-pop gun. It certainly was not an assault rifle. And if it was a shotgun sound, that would have been my boomstick and nothing bad. Ever I'd, happens with a boomstick. I'd opt, I'd opt for a Evil Dead Army of Darkness reference over a political statement on this show. All right, that's fair. <laughs> Where did this come? How did this happen? <laughs> you, you made a gun reference and that's all the rage now. 
Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm you're, so glad I, you're don't, so, I don't follow any. You're so thing. out of touch. Like, you did at least watch some Young Turks or something, man. You're so out of touch. No, I, well, the I world. stopped because I was, you're, you're better disgust- for it. I was no. disgusted with the world. Yeah, I yep. know. It is consistently disgusting. Yeah. I don't blame you. Read some comics. I got to take a break sometimes. If anything, a lot of times I'll put Young Turks on or something like that mm. while I'm doing other things. Yeah. So I kind of drift in and out. Yeah, that's how, that's well, that was how I did it for a long time. But then it was like what, there'd be a one or two something fun, and the rest of it was just me wanting to, you know, release a human killing virus and let the animals take over. <laughs> it'd be like twelve monkeys up in here. You're 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 a serious. Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah. You'd be a villain. Oh, yeah, of course. If I was villain. if I was an enemy, if I knew that I was in a story, I I'd, I'd like. Grow a freaking mustache just and start and twirling it just because I know that I want to be a villain if, if I'm going to be in a story. Come on, I think you'd be. Ones. I think you'd be a compassionate supervillain. Oh yeah, but you'd still bring about the apocalypse. Uh-huh. I I do it for <laughs> the world. For the yeah, I'd be like I'm hurting you well, for your own good. Even Rachel Ghoul sometimes I'm like you know what he's got a point. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Speaking of villains. That that's like the EMC network. Or wait, what? <laughs> well, I think we segued backwards. Our segue's broken. Okay, okay good. Wheeling in the wrong direction. Okay. Oh, that's really bad. Oh, Let's no, bring it back around. Melanie looks so lost. <laughs> Our segue just spun out of control, and her head is is was swinging like like she was on it. She's like, "What Let's is see. going on around here?" Yeah. Segway accidents. I'm about to fly off. Matter. Into somewhere. I didn't put my phone on silent. I'm sorry. Neither did I, but they know that I'm busy. I, I think none of us put it on silent because mine went off earlier. This episode feels particularly disjointed and odd. Well, it's in it's Independence Day, so you know, you what? know, independent of all rules, like rules. What's that? In celebration of America's independence. Yeah, we're gonna do whatever Freedom. we want. Yeah, we're free to talk about whatever we want without yeah. any structure, or rules, or regulations. First Amendment. Deregulate the podcast. <laughs> less, less outlines, less scripts, less yeah. sense making. Speaking of outlines and scripts and sense and segments, what we're going to talk about our pull is pick. Okay. All right. As you most likely know, every every month we talk about a book selected by you, listeners. <laughs> listeners, I feel like, I feel like we got to bring back the uh, Democratic promo for the Fourth of July, especially episode. yeah, particularly today. What Democratic promo? The one you recorded. There's a little promo clip I had you record about it's true democracy. Oh yeah, democracy in action. Wow. God, I used to play though. it. I used to play it, and then I got paranoid that the patriotic song in the background was copyrighted, so that's the main reason I stopped playing it. But uh, I'll oh. bring it back. We read what you tell us to, but first, you have to exercise your voice. Cast your vote on GrawlixPodcast.com and tell us what poll list pick we're reading next. Then, listen to the next episode to hear what we thought of your recommendation. Don't see your favorite comic on the list? That's okay. You can write it in. If your candidate isn't chosen, just wait. It may be the next time. Your vote stays in place until it wins. It's fun, it's interactive, it's educational. It's true democracy in action. It's time, right? It's time. 
What's our? What, do we need the new one or the old one first? The new one. We usually do the new one the, first. The new one is. Oh, you got it there. DC. <laughs> oh yeah, DC Comics: Crisis on Infinite Earths oh, with a man. whopping twenty point six nine percent. Wow, it's like a landslide, man. <laughs> Yo, yes, yes, it is. So this one kind of like came out of nowhere, as everyone that wins does. We've got a bunch of a bunch on the poll that have been sitting there for a while, and then some random one will come up and take the first spot or tie for a while. Yeah, and and I was looking at it because I was like, oh, I should post about you know, hey, get your votes in, and I was like, holy crap, the top three spots are all like big uh, classic DC books you know yeah it, they they want our podcast to be like a kurt vonnegut book where it's like we're going to get this whole story all in different like orders and out of place and time and <laughs> and you have to like try to figure out how to piece it together to make sense well okay so here's the thing so i was so i started pushing i always start too late but i started pushing the poll hard on on our accounts the social media accounts because mm. i was like well maybe we'll get something else to to overtake it and we'll just you know see what happens at least we didn't have a tie for the number one spot. We had a clear no, winner. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, you did say Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? Yep. Okay. Which is good because it's the first one. Because it would be really awkward if it were like Infinite Crisis or, yeah. or Final Crisis. So like, no, this, this makes sense because that's kind of starting when, when DC wanted to try to unify everything. Yeah. Which is kind of, kind of where Rebirth is. So we're kind of there now. Mm hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. At least it'll be, should hopefully the conversation will be interesting for people to listen to who are like t- like up on rebirth yeah so i told melanie about this you know i was like oh it's dc you know whatever tied up and she initially got really irritated and she's like what's this always just one of one or the other of these things blah 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 and she's irritated about the big like the justice league books and stuff like that but then i was okay. looking back i was like what are you talking about we just read S- star wars and i was looking back and we've read probably more DC than like Marvel or something like that in the poll list picks. But for the most part, it hasn't been that many big like event stuff. It's been more like just random things than anything. It's been surprisingly balanced between independent yeah. and big two, yeah. but well, I mean, not, I mean, cause it's still the big two. No, it's just me. You know, I'm uh, just not su- excited. Superhero thing isn't, isn't so much my, my thing. And yeah. that's what it is all the time. To, to not, be fair, I have, I've read this one, and I, I don't blame her on this one, because this is one of those, like, Civil War moments where it's like, okay, who's that? Wait, who's that now? Is this guy new, or is that guy old? On the upside, though, you're... Okay, so you do re- You are fairly up on most DC characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you're not going into it totally. Right. Uh, there's some pretty obscure characters in here, though. Oh, yeah. I, w- I, w- I will just, yeah. No, that's you're gonna love it. Yeah, that's what Wikipedia is for. It's it's really good. That's true. It's really good. I won't I won't lie, but it is. There's some obscurities. Yes. Yeah. So next month we'll be talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths. And interesting side note: we did already sort of touch on uh, Crisis. When we were doing Swamp Thing, because there is a Swamp Thing tie-in mm-hmm. to Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, I was going to say, I know something about this one, which is more than some other ones. I don't think I've actually read this one, though. I, I don't think I've read it, but I know I know things about it. 
we both read um what was it was it is was infinite crisis the grant morrison one uh that was final crisis final crisis okay we've read that um the (laughs) the infinite crisis i think was if not jeff johns it was like connected to a lot of things that jeff johns was uh, writing. This one is written by Marv Wolfman mm-hmm. and uh, penciled by George Perez. That's a that's a legendary yeah. team. Yep, it's a legendary team. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm ex- I'm kind of excited to read this one. Maybe it's not Grawlix. Maybe it's you that get me all mixed it's up not- in time and space. And I'm like, wait, did this happen before this happened? I didn't know. I didn't know for sure if Damien was before some whatever New Fifty Two or this or that. And it, for a long time. Okay, well, that's, for one, that's comics in general. For two, yeah, yeah. that's Grant Morrison, because you did read the Grant Morrison Batman run. Mm. And you have read, well, when I, like, hand you random comics to read, be like, see if you like this. If it's something where I'm, like, on the edge. If it's, a, like, an image book, you're probably going to like it or whatever. Mm. Or I hand you a lot, my point is I hand you a lot of DC, too, because I read a lot of DC. I know. So that's what that's what's on hand. And for our Flash fans... Prepare to have your world rocked. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know what you're. I, I, I know what you're getting at. Good call, for sure. Our flash, flash fan, Brandon Lapani. I'm calling you out. Yeah, that's what I missed yep. this episode. Yeah. Yeah. He gets so lost by flash stuff, and you know, rightfully so. It's very confusing. <laughs> follow our Twitter. We we try. Yeah. You can't. We follow- try to keep him. Keep him like up to date, but it's it's not easy because it's the Flash, and the Flash is confusing sometimes. You can't follow the Flash, man. He's too quick. <laughs> He's too fast. You need a blue turtle shell to take down the Flash. What was it recently? He he was saying he was confused by some character. Was it Wally? Well, he brought up Bart. He 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 wasn't confused, but he like posted something on Twitter about Bart Allen, and I was like, oh man. <laughs> because yeah, Wally was confusing. Yeah, and I was like, well, Wally, Wally's like Wally West's origin, his story is fairly straightforward. Oh, it, until you get to no, never mind, don't don't do that because he's <laughs> he's like the one that just ripped through the fabric of between realities from the pre New Fifty Two to the current DC Rebirth thing, and it's a whole thing. There, it's all a mess. It's all consistently a mess, and we're about to jump into. Infinite Crisis next month, so it's or I mean Crisis on Infinite Earth, so it's gonna where it all began. We're gonna yeah. Well, good. Then then at least they're consistent. They're like it's just gonna be messy forever. Yeah. Well, a lot of these crisis events are like continuity. Just like it just everything spreads so far out, and it's all just a mess. So they're like, we need to have a big event, tie it back together. So then they tie it back together, and then that causes more of a mess. Like tangle behind the scenes and then it goes for a little bit and then it all goes poof and it's a big mess again and it's just like you don't gotta tell me baby my weight it goes all the time i know how it goes <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about this month though enough of this enough of this confusing convoluted decades long continuity trouble well i'm having a crisis certainly we're gonna be talking about something of standalone contained universe that's never been called into question by prequels never been called into question by prequels never had huge chunks of continuity just suddenly eradicated and nullified it must be 
Dark Horse's Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars Dark Empire number one. Yep. So uh, let's see. Let me pull up my uh, little fact facts. Not Snapchat. I need fact chat. <laughs> fact chat. Where did it go? Fact chats never turn. Like, they never disappear. <laughs> As opposed to Snapchat, which disappears immediately. Is, yep. is that actually a thing? Fact chat? I, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't I feel, know. I feel like it is now. I yep. think we just created it. Yep. Cool. Be like, hey, is this a fact? And people are like... I think it is. Let's, yeah, let, let's say it is. Let's talk about <laughs> Is that it? That's the whole chat? Yeah, let's, let's fact check that. Fact check. That's not a word. Fact check. Fact check. Let's just... Uh... I almost feel like I have to grolic part of what I just said. Star Wars Dark Empire number one. As in like the first of three. This was a... You know Star Wars. Everything comes in threes. Yeah. It's like de- death and Star Wars. It all comes in threes. I'm the only one who really enjoyed that one, apparently. Okay. <laughs> I, I enjoyed you enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, the awkwardness of that is more enjoyable than anything. I paused for applause and got done. <laughs> okay. So this was this was written by Tom. Is it Veach? V e i t c h. Right, Veach. That's as close as I'm going to get. And illustrated by Cam Kennedy, originally released bi-monthly by Dark Horse from December 1991 to October 92. This predates the prequels. Star Wars Dark Empire. This takes place after the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. And it follows uh, most of the story when you're following characters that matter. It follows Han Solo and Leia. Mm -hmm. You got a little, you got a little Chewie in there. You got some of the, some of the, the robots, and you got some uh, some Luke. Um, yep. And Luke is, I mean, he's in it off and on, but I, I, it felt like to me most of the time we're following Han and Leia. Right. Which is interesting because once we get into the premise here, it, I thought it was going to be a lot about Luke, and it really wasn't. Like when you boil down the plot, like the whole, the plot revolves around Luke, but you don't follow him he's not there for most of it he's like the cause for a lot of or you know he's he ties big into what they're doing mm-hmm. but yeah yeah so how do we always start these i guess first first impressions mm-hmm. going into this or coming to it like how yeah. how are you guys feeling approaching this i was worried because of things i had heard from you <laughs> and things i had heard that just you heard from jesse um, so I, I was concerned, but, uh, yeah, I didn't have a problem. Actually. I, I got through it real quick. It wasn't hard for me at all. I, it was a good, good storyline stuff. I'm it's subject matter that I'm used to. So I'm, cause I'm all about sci-fi. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, and fantasy too. And that's a little bit of both. So in fact, okay. I don't want to talk about a bunch of anime, but there are like two or three anime shows that are basically star Wars. It's like star Wars and them could just lay over each other and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. It, in the, like, exactly the same story. But go on. Look. I can believe that, yeah. I think I was the first of us to get through this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I, sh- I sure wasn't. <laughs> and I waited, like, I I waited till this last week, I think, to read it. Mm-hmm. So we all read it kind of close to recording here. I didn't really have expectations, positive or negative, going into it. I was like, okay, some Star Wars. I'm kind of mm-hmm. interested in reading whatever this is. Yeah, I'm not like a huge fan, but I'm, I like it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't call myself a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. I've got some more enjoyment 
out of the movies um, the last few years. Yeah, it's a Christmas staple for me, but you know. Yeah, we yeah we talked about that. I don't remember which episode, but we talked about that a bunch. Mm-hmm. After I had read this, I'm sure I had some. I tried not to influence your guys' opinion of it, <laughs> but I had thoughts on it mm-hmm. that we'll get to. Yeah. Are you not going to? No. Uh, that's my first impressions. Okay. Like, I can't really oh. get into it. My major first impressions are more of like starting to actually like talk about what I thought about it specifically. Okay. So like going into it, I was pretty interested because Dark Empire with Luke Skywalker on the cover, it has some implications that I was very interested in. Mm. Like maybe is Luke going to the dark side? Isn't he? I don't know. But like that, that's an interesting question. Like, what would that look like? And so with that maybe being the case, I wanted to see what that looked like. I wanted, I wanted to know what that was. So I was interested in it for sure. So I think, I think I had a kind of an overreaction, I guess, to it. You can see where the issues are, you know, the, I mean, like the actual issues and this works like chapter, <laughs> chapters, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or the actual issues. No, uh, and initially, like I started reading it and I was like, ooh, I like the art. And I'll get more into that in a bit too. But, mm-hmm. uh, I got after the, I got through the first part and I was like, oh, I'm not too happy right now. And then halfway through the second, like, issue, I guess, uh, I was angry. <laughs> like, there's a few, I don't think we've read, I don't think we've ever read anything for the poll list where I was mad and I had a slight tirade. It's not like I was ripping the house apart, but I was, I was angry at the writers and I was angry at Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just angry because <laughs> it was for me. And the reason I say I was angry at Star Wars fan is fans is because I imagine Star Wars, like a hardcore Star Wars fans, a hardcore Star Wars fan loves this stuff and eats it up. But for me, it starts with so much exposition and who these people are and where they're at and, and all the exposition and the, in the, um, na- narrative, narration, the yeah. narration. There's a, there's a lot of narration. I found it so dull where like the whole first issue, the only thing I took it from it that I enjoyed was a couple pages of setup as to like, here's Leia Han and Luke and Luke's going off to do this thing. Like all I took from the first issue, 20, 30 pages of comic was like, maybe four pages worth of stuff that I liked because it actually had like characters doing things. And the rest of the issue just felt like just exposition and telling me about all these other characters that I didn't care in the slightest about. Well, of course, maybe it's got to have the first, you know, comic scroll past you with a bunch of, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. It did, it did the scroll at the beginning of every issue. I know. And I appreciated that. I was like, okay, it's star Wars. Yeah, that's fun. Mm-hmm. But it's like, then it just keeps going for the whole issue. Mm-hmm. And then it tries to hook you a little bit within the last couple of pages. And I was like, oh, okay. Did you read the scrolling stuff at the end too? Because. No. Oh, oh no. No, the pages, I didn't the three I, I did, extra pages. I did for th- the first three. Was it relevant? Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I was so mad. I was like, no, <laughs> no more. You've told me enough. You've talked at me enough. Mm-hmm. I was not engaged. And then. Halfway through the second issue, it was setting up, uh, Akbar's planet and these big destroying machines. And it was all about these destroying machines. And I was, I was angry. Yeah. That, that part bugged me a little bit. Cause I was like, why is it always about the death star with these movies? <laughs> I was having yeah. fun in my head though, because I was like, 
you know, if if they took these um some of their machines and like married them to a Dalek, their babies might actually be useful. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we could have something to be worried about. I can at least appreciate that you married this with Doctor Who and that made it more entertaining for you. Yeah. <laughs> but but the first like issue and a half, which I mean, we're talking like what, 40, 50 pages of story is there I found there's very little actual character work very little anything for me to grab a hold of and care now if you're like if you're knees chest deep in the lore and you love the whole universe thing and like i said i'm not a big star wars fan i don't have any beef against it but like i don't follow all that stuff it was so dull to me Mm -hmm. i will say it improved it it got better at least it started following the characters that i was interested in and things actually were happening Mm -hmm. well I think, you know, on the one hand, I was kind of worried, but I think it made it better for me because I was dreading it. And I was like, no, it's not that bad. It's, it's set up. That's what it is. I know it. I know what it is. And I'm okay with that. And, you know, I'm guessing, you know, what's going to happen in the next couple of books. And that's what you're supposed to do, I guess. That was my, how, how I ended up looking at it. Well, and the more it got into the story. So it's obviously, it, it takes, it kind of, um, plays on the theme of, you know, it takes further the theme of Luke kind of going to the dark side mm-hmm. which is interesting so and i had my tirade and, and you heard it all and I, and and i was like you know what and you, i knew you were dreading it and i was like it's not that bad mm-hmm. it gets better and i bet you'll enjoy it because yeah. it plays on things i know interest you about the movies right. that you knew that's where they were supposed to go with the character eventually mm-hmm. um so i was like you'll enjoy it i think more than i did and I did. I mean, you know, overall I did. I'm not, I don't really care that much about some weird civil war in the future, particularly, you know, but when they have other interesting stuff going on within it, then yeah. So civil, civil wars are always kind of boring. Oh. <laughs> was, that a Mar- was that a Marvel dig? <laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've read uh I've read some of the novels so I've gotten into some of this like extended lore and I'm probably one of the bigger I I don't know I don't know I'm one of the bigger Star Wars fans maybe on this show I don't know I yeah, yeah I'm sure I would you are. say you are yeah okay uh so I guess for me the problem with it was I don't want to see another Death Star story because I've read other stories that didn't revolve around a world killing machine uh, so once we dug into some of that, I was like, ah, oh, not this again. I was more interested in the character development. And I suppose that's kind of the crux of most of these movies is like, like, okay, there's the overarching threat, but really what this story is about is the characters and how they overcome it. And, uh, so I, I guess those pieces I really enjoyed, but th- I couldn't, I couldn't ignore it this time. I was just like, oh. Another Death Star thing. Mm-hmm. Enough with that. And I don't know like, why, why. I don't know why, why they, is that. Yeah, why do they focus on that? Because in the future, in space, you can live on a freaking ship all your life if you have to. You don't have to have a planet. You can live on a rock on a on a, like a you know asteroid or something. You don't. Yeah. Why are they so obsessed with destroying the planet? There's other planets to go live on, or nothing. Just float. You know. Just, just float. <laughs> in you know in in like a you know a little city thing. Yeah. Dome cities. Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy to see like uh, star destroyers blow up. 
you know, like, like star destroyers get taken down as easily as any other ship in this, in this. And I don't feel like that was the case in any of the movies. Like star destroyers aren't even a thing. Yeah. But I wasn't that impressed with it just because we watched 10 Cloverfield Lane the other day and she took down an alien spaceship with a Molotov cocktail. So, you know, <laughs> Oh, well, okay. Yeah. That's true. You know, that's interesting. You know, you have a flaming bottle of alcohol that can take down things. Yeah. So the the whole like the big destroy destructive machines they were there and coming on what, off of what were they called? They had a name. World leaders. Were they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because they they would take them and then they'd recycle the material into other weapons. Oh, that's where the recycle. Oh yeah, okay. part of it came from. Because yep. I was like, what's this? Okay, whatever. I don't remember them mentioning. It's probably during those blocks of text that I was. <laughs> pretending to run my eyes over so I could get to the like next page of maybe there's a human or some type of humanoid that's oh, doing something. You know nope, what did bother me? Why do they have to write out the robots' names like that? Why can't it just be the letters? <laughs> Why? R two D two. Oh god, yeah. Okay, so they had these machines, and really, like they were a threat, but they also weren't the central pull of the story, which is good. Mm-hmm. I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more as a whole. If they could thin some of that stuff out, but I mean, you said, you know, the the Civil War stuff, Star Wars, they kind of like, they like Star Wars stuff in general, and sometimes to its own detriment, look at the prequels, they like to jump into that political stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, the movie, the movies and the books, it's Star Wars. So it's, you know, it's got, it's gotta be some, like a war story in some way and political junk and this side versus that side and who's here and there. Play, plays into it. I understand that's part of it. So mm-hmm. that's part of the, just the, the, the world and the source material that, you know, it's just not my favorite aspect of it. Yeah. So I kind of understand why it's there. Um, that part just didn't interest me. I did like the Luke stuff, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't know. Okay. So I'm looking at the crawl for book three, which is issue three. Um, <laughs> and it, they call them world devastators. Mm. World Eaters would have been much better. Yeah, well, I mean, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I'm stealing that from some other thing that I remember. That makes sense because they are recycling it. Like, yeah. someone who eats yeah. things. They're dumb. They they could have done so much better. <laughs> Come on, Dark Horse. Come on. Now, on the on the topic of, like, the war stuff, like, I'm not interested in, like, the technical details of it Mm-mm. or the exposition. I will say... It looked great. I love the art of this. Oh, mm-hmm. the it, the artwork's beautiful. And at first I was like, this seems like what year was the, did this come out? Cuz I had no idea going in. I was like it looks older. And I was like, oh, 92, 91, 92, 93, something like that. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, it is older, but it's like that's not as old as I thought. Then I was like, oh yeah, it's Star Wars. Everything looks like the 70s, of course. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> but that is actually I think and I didn't realize it until Watching the Force Awakens, that they that they committed to everything looks like the seventies. Mm-hmm. That's I think one of my favorite things of Star Wars. I love that in the in well, I guess it was a long time ago, but you know, in this like kind of futuristic space universe, everything looks like the seventies. I think that's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. So that re- being reflected in the artwork appeals to me, but also I think the pencils, the pencils and inks were really well done. Everything looked great. The ships were incredibly detailed and amazing when the when the coloring is like watercolor like i'm looking at a page right now 
and it's not even the one that came to my mind, but like it's a star destroyer, like I don't know, in front of it's it's like in front of a moon or or a planet, and it's all like watercolors, like there's like the way that watercolor uh will bleed into wet paint kind of thing. And and it's in the thrusters. In the thrusters, there's white watercolor paint style uh bleeding out into the blue and the same thing into the planet where you've got blues and greens kind of bleeding into each other. And I'm like, whoa, you don't see this anymore. Yeah, I was going to say it's really impressive to me when they can have a space scene and it looks like it's set on like a sunset, but it looks right and it works and it's pretty. Yeah, for me, like the, like I said, the pencils look fantastic. The coloring, I'm glad you brought that up because that is really what set it off. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of stylistic. And like, cause you've got weird scenes where like the major tone of everything is like purple or blue mm-hmm. yeah, or yeah, purple exactly. bleeding into blue, bleeding into pink. Right. And it doesn't like it realistically, it doesn't make sense, but man, it looks great on the page mm-hmm. or there's a lot of bits, a lot of the, like the coloring, um, I mean like the shading, the shadows and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not where they like, you could see where normally they just like heavy ink it all black. Instead, it's almost like. The lightest color on the page is where these shadows in this dark area is supposed to be. It's like a bright blue or a light blue versus everything else. And yeah, the, the coloring was awesome. Mm-hmm. The watercolor look and it's super trippy. <laughs> C3PO has never looked better. Yeah. yeah <laughs> in yeah. this format. And then like when Luke would talk to Leia in that kind of astral pro- projection thing, he would have like yellow through the middle of him and his eyes would be yellow and you never knew if that meant he was like truly in the dark side or he's just faking it. And, and I was just like, wow, the use of color in this is incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I agree. Totally. And a lot of times it, I really liked it in some of the space stuff and cause it just made it, it made everything seem more, uh, more alien, I guess. And exotic, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, uh, the art was fantastic. I enjoy even even when I was like at the beginning when I was kind of irritated with it. I was I enjoyed the art thoroughly the whole time. Me too. So except maybe the seventies thing because some of their hair got I did not like it. <laughs> no. Yeah, that that's one guy in particular. I don't remember anybody's names, but he had like little like weird patches around his nose, uh-huh. and his hair was like pfft, all oh. crazy. Like, and I was like. Every time I saw his face on a page, I was like, uh, like cut your hair. Oh, what, <laughs> what's his hair. name? Yeah. Nix. Ninsk. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but yeah. The one that Solo and uh, they went to him in order to get a new ship to sneak mm-hmm. in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He basically had Wrath of Khan hair. Yeah. Ugh, ugh, ugh. I don't like it. So what did you guys think of the characters, the character work? Because they... They're, How spoilery are we getting on this? Um, well, I feel like we're burying the lead on this a little bit. I suppose we could go totally spoilery. So if you don't want to hear spoilers for a Star Wars comic that's no longer canon from 1993, <laughs> turn it off now because we're going to go full spoiler on it. All right. We do everything, almost everything anyway, so we might as well. Mm-hmm. All right, let's spoil this thing. Yeah. I think that was done. I know. That was just my saying, like, well, okay, let's no, commence. No, never mind, never mind. Huh? Nothing. Just ignore me. I'm not here. Pretend I'm not here! Ignore me! <laughs> ignore me! Um. So, yeah, what were, what were you thinking, Jesse? Well, 
you're like, I, I just didn't want to dance around the, the, uh, the Luke thing anymore. And, and then the fact that Leia is, you know, like a huge pivotal thing and, and the fact that there's the fricking emperor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's a huge thing. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to just come out and spoil that, but it happens in the first issue. Uh, Luke confronts the emperor and has this showdown and basically has to decide, is he going to, uh, figure out what, what was it about the dark side that, that conquered his father? Or is he going to turn his back on the whole thing? And he basically decides that he's got to figure out, you know, like he's got to know. He's got to know why, why did my father fall to the dark side? Also, the emperor's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. That, that too. The emperor is not dead because he's been cloning himself and, uh, he just starts over. He just hits reboot his and blows energy the cartridge, goes- you know, just like a Nintendo game from yeah. the 80s. He's basically like, listen, what? This is a comic book now. I'm back from the dead. Because <laughs> I can. We're playing comic book rules. Oh, it's on. Yeah. He's but never going to be free of me. Really, it's because he's he's a, he's a Jedi pimp. That's what it really is. Or, or I don't know <laughs> yeah. if they're... Jedi com- pimp. Jedi pimp. I feel like we found the episode title now. I think, well, I think so. I don't know if it's Jedi. Maybe it's Sith. I, whatever whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they're so in control of their inner energies that he can actually go into anybody's body. Yeah. But he prefers a clone of himself for some reason. <laughs> I'd be like, this time I'm going to be a woman. Next time I'm going to be a woman. Yeah, you would go straight I'm Doctor gonna, Who with it. I'd, yeah. I'd be all kinds of different things. I, why would you be the same person all the time? Am I ginger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try it. Try it once. Yeah. See how it goes. Leia plays a big role. Mm-hmm. Han Solo, for the most part, is along for the ride, but he always is. Lando is the least smooth he's ever been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lando is just like, I'm going to work, son. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and it kept going, and I understand because that's like they kept checking in on the like what the situation was with the with Akbar's world. I don't remember the name of it or the or its people. Callum. Calamari or the Mon Calamari. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, you know, fish planet. You got Calamari. Okay, I got it. Uh, but yeah, so Lando was pretty much there to like, he, you know, inform the reader what was happening every time we checked in over there. Mm-hmm. So most of the time I was like, oh, I don't care, Lando. Go away. But, uh, Han, Han Solo. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Star Wars. They're none of, they're all, I mean, they're all kind of based on, um, what's the word? archetype yes thank you it's very apparent in in this with han solo he's just han solo and most of his dialogue is lines literally pulled from the movies mm-hmm. and to the point where there's a couple times i was like oh, okay i get it i get it you know that's what you said in the movies so that's what mm-hmm. you say here he's a negative nancy and he's bad you know female whipped that's that's all i got out of him <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he is. He's a negative Nancy. He's like, Luke, that guy, buh. Oh, yeah, he's real. I, f- I found that kind of interesting, but it ends up getting switched off, so it doesn't really become an issue. Where he's really mad at Luke. Like, I'm going to murder though, you. It's but it's it's like, by the end of the third, mo- you know, I guess at four, five, and six, by the end of six, it's like, they're really on the same page. I can't see him writing off Luke. Like some kind of well him, yeah, his brother-in-law. 
that he's yeah. been through so much with. And by the way, how far in the future is this? Because they, at the beginning, they said they already had two kids, but you never see them. So yeah, are they, they have two like kids off somewhere? They're oh, off yeah, with a nanny is, or something. I just, this is this is uh, beyond even the the trilogy that I've read. Which mm. so I I don't know where this fits in in terms of books even. But are their kids still kids or are they grown? Is it like she's like. I'm pregnant. What? I can't be pregnant. I'm like 82. Come on. Or something, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know, you know, where we're at. And I still get the feeling like, okay, so she's like supposed to be a, a very powerful Jedi, but I still get the feeling like she's never embraced it or they've no. never allowed her to embrace it. She still feels like a new Jedi. And it's like, she didn't even have a lightsaber. She should be like, no, but she never had any training. She never, she was too busy doing the, the like princess political crap to worry about being a Jedi. I thought. And then apparently being a mom, and yeah. her brother is like the the greatest Jedi in the universe. Because he's the point. only one left. Come on. Well, he should train her. <laughs> well, maybe he would if she was, you know, wasn't busy doing all her, you know, burning her bra and marching <laughs> and having babies. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's all that marching. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just you up know. to here with marching. It seems like something she would do, but. <laughs> oh. Uh, I, I enjoyed that, but like, uh, I don't think Luke really necessarily had to do, to go join the Emperor, um, to figure out yeah. why his dad was a bad guy because that got confusing. Like, what was his real motivation? Yeah, like, he told the Emperor he needed to know, but like, it felt like, no, I'm gonna join so I can save my friends. Yeah, like, and, and why? why is this the way you have to go? And the Emperor knew that. That was what he was going to do. Anyway, it's like everybody knew what everybody was doing, and they were like, I'm going to trick them, but nobody tricked anybody. Well, and they all just did what they were going to do. I'm cool with it, kind of. And, and Luke 100% failed the whole time. Yeah. Like, much. he thought he well, was getting away with it, and the Emperor knew the whole time. Even the codes he gave away, they were like, we got these codes, but then they stopped working. So, R2-D2 saved the day just because he, he made it better. felt like it. Good job. I did. Okay, speaking of, I had, it made me laugh out loud once. There's a bit where, you know, after, wait, who is it? Yeah, R2 kind of, like, saves the day, in a way. Oh, yeah. And then, and then C-3PO, yeah, is that the one? Yeah. yeah, C-3PO comes up, and he's, like, praising him. He's like, oh, you've done so blah, blah, blah. And then R2 gives him a string of bleep bloops. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's one panel, the look, I mean, as far as looks on his face go, the look on C-3PO's face, he's like, well, I've never been so offended in my life. Uh-huh. I'm like, what did R2 say? I just love that. And it was so out what of nowhere. What you do? Take it back, R2. You take it back. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was amazing. I did love that. That little bit. That made me laugh. And I don't know why, because it has nothing to do with it. But this is part of the reason that I like reading. Because my mind makes stuff up just to make it more interesting to me. But when he they did that thing and they were like, oh, the code's not working or whatever. And he rewrote it to make things do what he wanted them to do. I'm like, I think he's like. Uh, the Neo of the human world. Like, <laughs> you know, he, he, he sees the alphabet now or something and can control he sees it all. The alphabet. <laughs> he knows when to dot the P's and Q's. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I kind of enjoyed the build up to the climax of the, like, the action and all this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was ultimately disappointed though. Yeah. How about Boba Fett? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> How about him? Okay, so that was kind of fun, and then it was like, was that meh? Was he just set up to be like a comic relief for a moment, in a way? Cause just to make sure we knew he wasn't dead. 
Yeah, they're like, let's just bring everybody back, show them for a minute, and then, uh, you know, we can... And then talk about these really cool, like, world destroyers. Yeah. <laughs> Devastators. It's, oh, yeah, that's what it is. It did seem like they kept, like, we're just repeating the same things over and over and over mm. a lot. But it was, you know, I was kind of hoping, you know, they would do something like make her, make him like take her baby and she'd like give birth to the, the next Dark Lord. That'd be freaking awesome. That'd be something to read. Like Dark Side is a baby. We've never seen that. Wait, rebirth. Yeah, yep. yeah, and it, and other things yeah. that I've seen too. I've been have been similar. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no. that's fun. Switches stuff up. Uh. Well, they had to set something up for the other two sequels to this. Oh, that's right. I was going to say, there is two more parts oh. to this, yeah. I guess. I have a thing for evil kids, too. That That's great. They, they're they interesting to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make an omen pun. It's not working. Yeah, what would you do? What would, what would they do? Like, we're the, we're the, like, two good Jedi people left in the world, and we just... <laughs> we know. just made a Darth Vader. Yeah. What are we going to do with it? Hmm. Well, you and this other guy made a Darth Vader. I'm yeah. just your brother. But he's, you know, <laughs> he's <laughs> partially responsible. I'm going to go hide on an island. I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always feel a little weird hanging out with you, Leia. Honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's always been weird ever since the first movie. I mean. It has. It did, I, I did get a weird feeling of when, when they were all, her and... Him. Luke and the Emperor were all together. I got some like weird vibe that I was uncomfortable with. But it, it's that porno hair that they have. It might be. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, because it still feels like, because the dynamic, it feels like they're supposed to be the couple. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the first movie set up. Yeah. Yeah. And oddly enough, after all this time, it still feels like that's the dynamic their characters are supposed to have. But no, they're brother and sister. And it also kind of felt like the, the, uh, the senator or emperor or whatever they use. Was like a a creep, creepy guy, and like he he he's like, hey, I have your brother, and he drugged him all up so he could get her there to do things to both of them. I don't know, something something was going on. <laughs> he was a creeper. Space roofies. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the dark side is. It's space roofies. Like it- <laughs> we're gonna get you intoxicated and oh, then we'll have our way. <laughs> we have ruined Star Wars. People are gonna be upset. Well. The dark, it's, the dark side is supposed to be intoxicating. It's okay, it's guys. True. It's not canon anymore. Yeah, yeah. don't worry. None of this <laughs> don't matters. worry. We didn't actually ruin it. Yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they did. They did things. But, you know, it was a, it was a good basic story. Part of it, I liked when, um, the emperor was whipping himself up into a, you know, a frenzy and he's causing this crazy storm. Uh-huh. Uh, the, Again, like the art was nice and like it had a big, like the story had like a grand, an epic scope to it. Mm-hmm. And I like that bit, but when it, when it came down to, it's just like, no, our force is stronger. This- you know, and space battles are just more fun on screen. Yeah. yeah. Like the art was awesome, but it's like, oh, another awesome splash page. Ugh. <laughs> well, and like he was defeated by the them two in a fetus standing there glowing, been like we're stronger than you, mm-hmm. and you're defeated. Yeah. yeah, and I don't like that aspect. But of it. you got to think of it like what was that one um, with more Mandu or whatever thing that oh. Doctor Strange? That's who it is, right? Yeah. Oh, what is yeah. it? More Mandu. It's or really Dor- hard Dormammu. to draw magic, and that's basically yeah. what it is. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, you, you that's know. 
It's my light's bigger than your light. You can't really. Well, then you show him glowing, and then you put a lightsaber through his head. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> you could do that. So we think whether well, when he when they Kylo Ren pun eluding me. <laughs> yeah. When when the ship exploded at the end, uh, he just like you know could go like his energy could fly off to the nearest planet and hijack some other baby. Yeah. New clone. So they're immortal. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he probably comes back through all three of these Dark Empire yeah. things. Well, now they know that it can be done. They could be immortal, too. It's true. He could be in Luke. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's why That's why he's got the beard. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> bad. Oh, no. And was it was the Emperor Dolph Lundgren when he was in a clone body? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, huh? yeah. Yes. He's the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> or he, or he's expendable. So by the, so so to put to wrap a bow on this thing <laughs> before we go way off. Uh, I mean, I know I've been very negative on it this whole time. In all, after I got past the first part, it wasn't bad. There were definitely there were definitely several several chapters or books or issues of it. Whatever. There was a lot of it that. Once I was into it, I, I was kind of digging it. I was like, I was along for the ride when they were running, when Han Solo and Leo were trying to get in there and they're jumping around and talking about this space core, deep core, whatever it was. Mm. Um, that was cool enough. Uh, the climax was like, it had some cool stuff. I was a little disappointed mm. and I was very disappointed at the very beginning. So it was a little roller coaster ride for me. What are you guys' thoughts overall? I had a hard time staying awake. It, yeah, um, <laughs> I always read it at night, and that's a bad idea because, it, like, you shouldn't read scrolls of text at night, anyways. And that's scrolls. how every well, that's how every episode or book or issue or whatever starts is with a scroll. And so, like, there's a lot of narrative here, and mm-hmm. it's good narrative. I did enjoy it overall, but it did like it was harder to read than some things that we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, on the scale of things, it wasn't as hard to get through as, like, milk and cheese, mm-hmm. but it it was definitely harder to read than The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Everything's harder to read than The Walking Dead. Well, no, I, not everything. But. I would say, it, like, it was an extremely quick read for me. Like, mm-hmm. I blew through it in two yeah. sittings, and they were not long sittings. I blew through it in one. Like, it was a quick read, but... I was very uninterested for large chunks of it, and that made it a tough read. Mm. Uh, like, I'm glad after that first initial, like, when I read it and I got to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I stopped and then sat down and continued, and I'm glad I did because then it was able to, like, grab hold of yeah, it. Yeah, it's got to pay off. Yeah. yeah. I think it did the opposite of what it should do, it kind of. The story is okay. It's not, like, a masterpiece to me because, like I said, I've... I've seen similar things, but they're, it's a good premise or whatever. What they did wrong, in my opinion, is they spent too much time explaining how they got here and what was going on and not enough on the interesting little, mm-hmm. little details of the story that could have made it better with the characters and like, you know, the end stuff mm-hmm. that, uh, so it was like really slow in the beginning and then super fast. Let's speed through the end. They should have like super fast. This is what's happening. We're here, and then had like, you know, more of a story for the rest of it. Well, and I think if they wanted to establish all this stuff, I think you have a point there. Like, at least the way we're we're coming at it, 
it would have been better to like hook us at the beginning and then fill in all this other exposition and, and a Star Wars lore and who's where and what they're doing. Like, give us something to grab a hold of at the beginning before you info, like, just info dump well, us. Well, yeah, I'm not even just saying info dump, but info dump isn't what I want ever. I'm saying... that's But for me, that's what it felt like this was doing a lot, was just right. info dump. Well, even the Boba Fett thing, it's like, okay, here it is, but we're not going to give you all of it either. You know, right. like we're we're going to give you this and then take it away. And we're like, well, if you want more of Boba Fett and what he's doing, maybe he'll be back in the second part. Or maybe we're going to do a series with him later. We just want you to know he's alive. Yeah. There was one part that I appreciated for the storytelling nature of it, where they were talking about the war itself. And in general, that's the boring part to me. And they're like, you know, this happened. So these... People did this, and then they joined forces with these people, and then these people attacked, and then everybody attacked each other because now someone has to be king or whatever, ruler. And then that part was done, and it was done in, like, a page. I'm like, yeah, that's how you're supposed to do it. That's how a lot of it should have been. Mm. And then, instead of us being like, you know, is is he – why did he have to go do this? Is it really that important? This is kind of dumb. They could have – sat down and had us be with Luke for a while and his thought processes and why really he gave a crap. Mm -hmm. He didn't even barely know his dad. Why does it matter what seduced him to the dark side? Especially when he had a bunch of teachers, several of them, be like, don't do this, this is stupid. And he's not not a teenager anymore, come on. Yeah, he doesn't need to get those whatever they are on Tashi Station. What? Why on Tashi? (laughs) The bad motivators or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's having whatever, a midlife crisis. Whatever he wanted in the first movie. At no point did I think it was bad. I didn't think it was thrilling storytelling at all. No. But I I think the main issue for me with it was it's not for me. It's mm-hmm. for a hardcore Star Wars fan. It could be for more people than a hardcore Star Wars, Star Wars fan. But I if, I if I can't relate to the characters because I can't, and I don't understand their motivations because there seem to be none, then then it's hard to really care what happens to them. And that and that's why I say I think it's for a Star Wars fan because I mean okay the motivations should be I think the, with Luke the motivations could be more, made more clear or something but it's But maybe that's for, coming too. Who knows. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. But also it's written for an audience that has seen the movies. They mm-hmm. are going out to buy they're like hey Star Wars book I'm going to buy this. They're into it like I don't know. I just felt like Well it, they're yeah, they're craving more. It's kind of like Doctor Who in those wilderness years where all you had was the comics that were coming out with Doctor Who magazine and you were thankful for it. Would you recommend this to somebody? I don't really know people. Well, no, I, I, I used to know more people that were like Star Wars and they would probably like it because they, they were like when the first trailer for the first set of sequel prequel things came out, they were like, what is this? This doesn't look right this is supposed to be at uh, this period of time when this was happening and blah, blah blah they would they would read it because they would read anything that's star wars and they'd probably yeah. actually, right you know at least somewhat enjoy it if for no other reason than to tear it apart you know we're at a different we're at a weird point in time to have read this because now we have episode seven yeah mm-hmm. like this is a time when no one had episode seven and there was no indication that we would ever get episode seven. So, I mean, like, like what's going on with Luke? You probably wanted to know. 
you know, I guess the, the desire, the demand, uh, the supply and demand was much, but you know, I think more if, unequal. if I had been reading it then, I think I'd be more disappointed in it than I am now. Really? Oh. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter as much now. Then if I was like, this is what happens, I would be disappointed. And, but unless I read all the rest oh. in it and so ending, ending up great. Well, I, one thing, you know, we, I, I think there's something to be said about like reading it now versus then. One thing that's interesting in reading it now is knowing that like from a canon wise, as far as that matters, uh, it, it's invalid. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Disney bought the rights. They're like, none of that extended universe stuff counts because we're doing our own thing when we're, we're going, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. But I found it interesting. This still could fit between six and seven. Oh, yeah. sure. Because, yeah. you know, Han Solo and Leia were married. They had at least one kid in the movie, but they never really Mm -hmm. say whether they had more than one kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luke still went off to be by himself. Like, he could still have, like, had this tangle with the dark side and then eventually been like, you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to bone out. I'm going to go hang out on this island. Yeah. Which apparently is what Jedi's end up doing. That's weird. They do all (laughs) seem to do that, right? They go somewhere by themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, at least the dark side people, they hang out with other dark side people. I feel like that even came up in this movie where, where, (laughs) like, the Emperor was actually the voice of reason, where he's like, um, Jedis need to hang out with more people, like, more Mm. Jedis. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like, Jedis, Luke, you're doing it wrong. With that, with that, was, maybe that was with the cube that Leia got, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of an interesting little thing, too, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, what do they call it? Some type of hollow cube thing. Yeah. You know what would have been cool? It doesn't matter because they're not going to do. I mean, I can't go back in the past and regret things. They should have like had them explore into the force more, like in like Dreamland style, uh, like a swamp thing into the green type thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. I would recommend this if somebody's a hardcore Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. If they're not, if they're just like you know, a casual Star Wars fan or not a Star Wars fan, I don't think I would recommend this. But why? I mean. In general, for most things, I'm like that. If you don't really, if you're not really into it, well, there's why would you? Yeah, books? but there's stories. I think like we've read Batman stories, you know, or speaking of some of the mm-hmm. DC stuff, or we've read other stories that I think there's enough in that story or the presentation of that story that somebody who's not necessarily a big Batman fan can get in, can mm-hmm. grab a hold of. We've read stuff like Daredevil stuff and other things that we don't normally read that I think is still was worthwhile reading, mm-hmm. and this. This is a Star Wars story. It's not necessarily a good story on its yeah. own, but if you're into it, you might enjoy I feel it. Like, yeah, I feel like point of entry, you need to have a decent amount of Star Wars knowledge. Yeah. Because otherwise you don't care about Lando at all because he's basically at work the whole time and, and Boba Fett is in there so briefly, you wouldn't know why that's a big deal. And honestly, I don't hear about him anyway. <laughs> I mean... Well, he's never given... I mean, like he's never had enough time to do anything that chase that chase in this book that chase through when the one the one hut uh gets knocked off of his thing and that was, that was a pretty oh, good yeah. chase i enjoyed that there's some fun stuff absolutely the the action is fun some of even the battle pages that i complained about earlier are really well drawn like the artwork i would love to have that stuff up on my wall yeah that's that is one thing i mean it, it, I guess I would recommend somebody take a look at the art because it looks nice. It's a great looking yeah. book. I just can't recommend the story. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's, that's 
one of the more most negative uh, uh-huh. reviews I think we've ever given. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But I've even <laughs> said at one point, I don't think this is a bad story. At no point was I. At no point did I was I like this is bad. This is a crap right. thing. Right. It just you know was not for me, and I was irritated yeah. that I was reading it. <laughs> and I mean, until it picked up pace. I like I like the story because I like sci-fi, but then again, I'm a sci-fi book person. It's, I don't see how really how you how you can do do it justice in a comic book necessarily. Anyway, besides the artwork for really? you know, but you the story wise, there's you need too much, I think. To hmm, that's interesting. It's, it's it's funny because yeah, I would agree with that, and it's like it was banging on all the cylinders that it should have, but it works better as a movie or as a mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Would be nice if you could just have the book with uh, a page of illustration, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but what about think about something like Saga? Mm-hmm. That's a big grand space opera type thing, but that that seems to work. But it was also written for comics first. That's true. Yeah. It's, it, that's true. And yeah, you are coming from that. There is that like you're coming from a different medium to comics. So it's the idea of like how well does this translate to a comic page? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, Star Wars, Dark Empire, number one. I will not read number two or three. <laughs> I I mean, if you know, maybe I would if I had didn't have other billion other things that I want to read more. Um, just to see where it goes in hopes that yeah, it does yeah. something cool. They didn't really leave us with anything that said, okay, ooh, this is what you could really be looking forward to. Yeah, and well, and that's so that's one of the good things about Star Wars, though, is that. There's always potential for cool things to happen, mm-hmm. even if this wasn't the greatest. Happens with the movies all the time. Yeah. Well, Star Wars in general has, and I think that's part of the appeal. A lot of wor- there's a lot of world building. Mm-hmm. That's why, like those movies, spawned a huge extended universe that went on for years. And even though Disney like bought it and kind of was like, "Well, we're going off of this," and then all this other extended stuff doesn't count because we're doing our own extended universe. Like, mm-hmm. and that still works. And there's Tons of room to like Star Wars excels at that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know. Like here, I don't think it was handled as it didn't have time to, to breathe, you know, because they're like, mm-hmm. this is a mini series. We want to cram all this in there, but we only have so many issues. And, you know, I don't know. It sets mm-hmm. it, you know, whatever. We talked about it. <laughs> Wait. It wasn't the worst thing, but yeah, just well, definitely one of our. And also, for me, it probably doesn't help that I've read other Star Wars comic books that didn't have anything to do with the core cast. Oh. And I think that they did a little better job. So, mm-hmm. I think it'd be easier if you had to introduce new characters, I think too. a writer has more freedom at that point. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. You, 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 can't, you can only take so many chances with the core cast. If you're well, you can't screw up a new character because nobody has any preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can screw it up, but it's harder to. Yeah. Because we're finding out as we go. I, I'm not sure. I'm not positive who recommended that one, but I know Brandon was pushing for it for a couple of months. He was pushing hard. He, he was saying he was voting for it. Is he a Star Wars fan? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, he's done book reviews and stuff, which you can find at, uh, was it paperbacks.me or thetechnologygeek.org? I want to say if it was Brandon that suggested it, I still appreciate the suggestion. There was positive stuff I took away from it. Man, I love that art, and I hope he's not too disappointed by our review of it. <laughs> Moving on to some dead air. Ooh. The last dead air. The last. Oh, that's right. What are we? What are we reading next? 
Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to read, um, as picked by Melanie. Well, you know, she picked out, uh, I think it was last episode or maybe the episode before we talked about it. She'd picked out a few series that sounded interesting to her. And from those, we kind of figured out which would be an ongoing, would be a good one to become the new reoccurring segment. But there was only, only really only one option of the things that I had picked that mm-hmm. work. So, uh, and so in, uh, Grant Morrison's Invisibles. Oh, yes. Invisibles by Grant Morrison. And I'm not sure the artist, but once we get into that, we'll, I'll have all that detail. Mm-hmm. Um, it better be awesome. From what I understand, it's pretty bizarre, but it's Grant Morrison. So that's to yeah. be expected. And oh, I, yeah. I like bizarre. And it went for, um, I want to say it's collected in like three volumes. So it went for a while. I'm not sure how far we'll go. Mm-hmm. And when I say collected in three volumes, I think that's like s- solid volumes. So like, we usually do about a trade's worth of issues. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll have more. I, I think we'll have more than enough to fill the next, what, like year yeah. of re- recurring segments. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we don't, we, we're going to need a new segment name because if we're not doing walking dead, we have to retire dead air. Mm-hmm. And when we, when it was swamp thing, it was swamp studies. Mm-hmm. So on the off chance, we have a new listener <laughs> checking it out. What we're talking about is every other, every other episode. We continue a certain series. When we started the podcast, we did Saga of the Swamp Thing, the Alan Moore stuff, and we covered the entire Alan Moore run every other episode. And then we switched over to Walking Dead for this will be the eighth volume of Walking Dead. And since that finishes out the first uh, compendium, was it? Yeah. Yep. Book uh, one. Yep. The first solid book of Walking Dead seemed like a good place to uh, move to a new series. Mm hmm. And it's Melanie's turn to pick, so we're going to do Invisibles. Yep. So not next month, but the month after that, we'll we'll start that. So we got two months to read, uh, whatever we figure out, whatever the first trade is. Yeah, and come up with a segment name. Yeah, we need to come up with a, a segment name. Yeah. <laughs> seen but not heard. No, that wouldn't work. I guess That's it'd backwards. be heard but not seen. <laughs> heard but not seen. There we go. Oh, you're all right. Yeah, yeah it's like I got something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, I did. I was the most. My, buns, my buns usually have that reaction. <laughs> it did look like she kind of got smacked in the face. She started making a look. I was like, "Are you all right?" And then yeah, it like well, hit her again. Some, someone got in my eye. I don't know what it was. <laughs> that was a painful pun. But this episode, we're talking about The Walking Dead. I was almost, I'm almost sad to like because there's so much Walking Dead. We could just p- potentially keep going for like a year and a half. But yeah. It'd be good to mix it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, after this batch. This is, a, this is a good batch to, or this is a good jumping on and off point, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The way that this ends. Then this this is the point where you could be like, I'm done with this. That's true. <laughs> I I mean, this it does hit a level where I, I could see some readers being turned off and being like, I'm done. I can't handle yep. this anymore. Yep. All right. Not me, though. So specifically what we're talking about is The Walking Dead Volume 8, Made to Suffer. Uh, it's issues 43 through 48, written, as always, by Robert Kirkman, pencils by Charlie Edlard, uh, published by Image Comics. And I have a little, uh, this is a, a little summary from Wikipedia. The governor has finally found the prison and attacks with amazing force. The group is torn over what action to take. While many choose to stay, others leave to fend for themselves. As the body count rises and more and more damage is done to both sides, 
Things will literally never be the same again for Rick Grimes and his fellow survivors. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So as we seen at the last, at the end of the last volume, the governor who I figured he wasn't dead, but should have been dead. Mm -hmm. He showed up with a tank that happened at the end of the last one. Right. And so that's kind of where this picks up. Uh, basically a little slightly more extended, like specific summary is from memory. I read this a couple weeks ago. Uh, they have an exchange. There's a firefight. The governor and his people end up retreating. And then at that point, pretty much everyone in the prison makes the wrong decision. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some of them, a couple of them chase after them. A couple of them book it, which basically means the people that are left in the prison, there's not, there, not enough people to be a, like a really good force to fight it back. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, the governor comes back and a lot of people die. A lot, a lot of people all around. A lot of, like, core characters. Yeah, a lot of people all around on both sides. We lose a lot of core characters mm-hmm. from the beginning of the series here. Yeah. Like, this really is, like, oh, yeah. trim yeah. it down. Clean, clean slate, almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Walking Dead. It's not uncommon to lose, like, a main character out of nowhere, or mm-hmm. a couple even. But I've noticed the last couple volumes... Th- with the exception of some like notables like Carol and stuff, for the most part, they hadn't been killing that many people off. I think they were just saving up so that they could just, when they dropped some people, they dropped a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Money in the bank. <laughs> so what do you, what do you guys, what do you, what do you, I know it's been a while since Melanie read this. Yeah, but this um, is one of those ones where it's memorable. Uh, like I, I remember this whole volume book for whatever you call it mm-hmm. volume. I remember this as like one thing. Yeah. Like one occurrence. And it, even it, though it was several issues, it, it pretty much is, except we do get a flashback. I, I think a it's flashback of the governor stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that we, you know, leading up to that kill them all mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inciting people to violence. Cause he was in pretty bad shape and pieces last time we mm-hmm. left him. And his mental state isn't much better than when we last saw him. No, no. Like the first page, we see where he was left. Mm-hmm. Like we see him in that that state that uh, Michonne left him in, and they're like, "Oh my god, you like is he alive? Is he dead?" Yeah, they figured he was dead, and there was nobody that was going to be able to fix him because the because the doctor, even if the doctor could have, which that seems slim, the doctor was dead because he died when they were when the group was initially escaping the town. And the other person that could have helped him out left with them. Yep. Yeah, basically defected over to the other group. When we find out this drunken bum guy was like an army medic. Mm-hmm. And you all know how great army medics are. They can, they can do some stuff. They, uh, under pressure. They, they're they yeah. like, I'll make you live. You might not have an arm or a leg or an eyeball, but you'll yeah. be walking. It's true. And, yep. it, and it, you know. Or, it, well, hobbing, hobbling at least. Be a Christopher Walken. <laughs> he, he went from like uh drunken nobody to Hawkeye in like two yeah. pages or yeah. something like but like it was mash all over again. I was gonna say Hawkeye is kind of a drunken nobody half the time. But it was like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was an extreme pressure situation, didn't they threaten to kill him if he didn't try to fix fix the guy? Well, yeah, it was like basically uh, the governor saved your life and you've done nothing with it, and you're gonna make this happen. And he was like, you know what, I am. Okay, so, I mean, this one's difficult to discuss because it's a lot of action. Mm-hmm. 
so there's not a lot of like, you know, jump in and be like, well, I mean, it's pretty much we could talk about what happened. Anything yeah. we would say is super spoilery. So this is just spoiler central at this point. Yeah. In the comics. This was it. This was the thing. Oh, this totally like, diverges from the show. Yeah. Like the show and the and um, the comic are not even the same thing after this. Mm-mm. I mean, it's, you know, there can, some things can happen, but it's not, it can't ever be the same yeah. thing again. So, okay, so we'll just just put it all out. By the end of this, and it's, it's hard. Uh, okay, I'm stuttering and stammering because I'm trying to think of, like, how we could discuss this, like, how we can go through the story and be like, well, here, this was interesting and this happened, blah, blah, blah. But really, when it comes down to it, this volume is all about a bunch of, there's a bunch of firefights, people die, and at the end of the day, it's like, this is who died. Like, that's who, that's what we have to talk about. Because well, well, you could do a little bit of, you know. Michonne and who? Michonne and who went after them after the, after the. Tyrese? Was it those I don't two? remember that detail. Oh, well, okay, well. That is one thing we can talk about plot wise. Yeah. And maybe that's part of it because it's maybe, not maybe a lot of plot we have to compare. Do we have to compare it to the show? I almost feel like we have to. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely well, yeah. like, to. like right off the bat, uh, in the show, the governor fails and he's not even attached to this town anymore when he comes back to the prison. But in this, he is firmly attached to the town and he brings them all down on them. Yeah. Mm hmm. Like, so that right off the bat is different. Yeah, you're right. Because the town had pretty much gone down before this point in the show. Right. Yeah. And I found it interesting because we do get a flashback uh, to the governor. We get at least an issue or two worth of flashback to the governor and how he got bringing us, you know, him up to speed with where we were. Mm -hmm. And the show does the flashback and follows for a few episodes, the governor. Um, But it's so much different. And in yeah. the show, it's following the governor and being like how he basically rebuilds a little group. So he has a small group to go attack these people with. Mm. He doesn't really rebuild them though. He joins them. He joins them, but he basically, but he did, you know, he was on his own and he ends up coming up with a small, not, you know, army, I guess a small. Yeah. It, it, if anything, I think the book makes it more like he's, Got some weird kind of charisma leader quality uh-huh. going on for him, which I mean, I mean the book kind of does too. But it's it's already been there, and and you know they already have their group of people that has a weird thing. And TV show governor is in much better physical state when all oh, this yeah. goes down. Oh yeah, he uh, basically has lost an eye, and that's about it. Although I think they do like they did some interest. I mean, he's a totally totally different character in a way. They did some interesting character building with the TV show governor during that period. Mm-hmm. Like they right. almost flipped him around to where he was kind of sympathetic, where it seemed like he was having. Yeah, they character. almost redeemed him. Yeah. yeah. And in this case, you don't get that at all. He's just a mean and at this point revenge seeking guy mm-hmm. who, you know, is doing the like the typical like not even propaganda, just like telling his people lies. Like these are evil people. They did this and unprovoked. They attacked me and all this. We Mm -hmm. need, they're evil. They're monsters. Like making sure that he can rally his people behind him. Yeah. And, and the little girl is still there the whole time. And that gets weirder. I didn't know how that could get weirder, but it gets weirder. You're right. Like he pulls all of her teeth and like, 
mm-hmm. give daddy a kiss and yeah. what? Yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, you I forgot about that. It does get weirder. Um yeah, he's just are you there's no sympathy for that guy cuz no. He's just a bad dude. He's a bad man. But they try to attack and it's pretty much they ended up because they had somebody Okay, so and the tank doesn't fire. If I remember right, they could fire the. Well, tank. they don't. They don't really know how to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they were like, "We just need to go. We need to attack now." Yeah, that was kind of fun actually, and so they end up just rolling the tank back and forth around the fence and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to bust in because then it, the person would be useless. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, he just says, yeah. "Forget it. We just need to get in there." And um, he's wearing the single riot suit. Yep. That they took off of somebody, probably Glenn. Mm-hmm. And and this whole time, you know, like, his people are getting picked off. And so more of them are like, dude, what? this is this is a mm-hmm. bad scene. Like, it's just confusion. Yeah. Well, it's poor, you know, I'm angry, let's go. And when they are have towers and a sniper, you know. Well, and that's kind of, I think, the first time, at least for sure, that's what ends up sending them back is like, they had a sniper up there. They had somebody who yeah. could pick him off. Mm-hmm. Andrea's just being a boss. Yeah. yeah. What, that's that's such a... What oh, a yeah, and difference. she gets shot, right? Like, her mm-hmm. ear or along the yeah, side of her head yeah. or she something? Grazed. Yeah. yeah. She's... Yeah. Makes her even more bad word. I like her in this. I didn't care for TV show, Andrea. No one did. Well, she was over in Woodbury being, like, a politician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't care for her. I never cared for her character in the TV show, but she's she's pretty cool character in this. She's yeah. That's the one that like they're not the same, and you know you couldn't. They're not the same thing. But if it it was the opposite, and Carol and her switch switch places, but they handle it so differently that they're still different characters, even though they're both kind of the same character. Only right. Now, right. She, she's more like Carol than, than Andrea at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the show, like show Carol is more like Andrea. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they turn them back and they're like, what do we do? And the people that are there, cause in the, in, in the show, it's Woodbury people are living there, but in the book. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's it, right. In the book, there aren't, would bury people there. It's just like um, random folk. Whoever was around, yeah, yeah, like more of Herschel's family and the mm-hmm. prisoners that were still around. Yeah, and there was not that whole big long. Oh, and Rick gets thing. shot. I mean, like that's a huge reason why Michonne and Tyrese are able to go out is that uh, Rick's out of the com- he's out of commission. Yeah, he so, gets like, like gut shot. Yeah, so like a couple people get shot, and so like they're patching him up. And they make all these decisions without Rick. And uh, Rick's like, what did they do? Mm-hmm. And so Mich- Michonne and Tyrese go to, I'm pretty sure that's the pair. Uh, they chase after him, the group, after the group leaves the first time. And they end up getting, well, Tyrese gets caught right away. And Michonne, I did enjoy the part where the guy's like, yeah, I blew her head off. She's she's dead. She's dead. It's all right. Don't worry about it. And then <laughs> no, she shows worry. up and she's kills dead. some more dudes. And uh, the guy's like, "So, uh, you blew her head off, huh?" Um, they both don't. They both. What happens to her? Does she get away a second time? I don't think we know what happens to her okay. in the end. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of people we know what happens, and then there's a whole bunch of people we kind of forget about. 
because we're focused on something else, but we don't know what their final fate is. Yeah, and after the first attack, several people left the prison, mm-hmm. which weakened their right. defenses. Mm-hmm. And in, and that's including Michonne and Tyrese, who went to go fight mm-hmm. them. Well, to Dale, it was basically Dale and Andrea take a contingent to escape. Like Dale convinces Andrea that it's like, okay, if, if getting shot, you know, like she, so she survives that shot that she gets. Um, if that wasn't enough, you're like, can you admit that we need to leave? And she's like, all right, fine. So they take a group in the bus at the same time that Tyrese and, and Michonne try to bring the fight to the governor. Yeah. And the ones that are left there, um, are the wounded people and the ones fixing them up. Yeah. For the most part, the wounded people and the ones fixing them up. And they're kind of preparing a little bit. Rick comes to and is obviously upset about the state of things. And then... Basically, the governor comes back. Yeah. He, he's he's mad. He's just like, let's just go do this. And he comes back, and it goes terribly this time. Mm-hmm. Well, he starts by doing the whole Herschel thing to Tyrese. Yeah. 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 And, oh, man, that's so bothersome. It was bothersome in both versions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Tyrese ends up... He he tells them they don't act because they he tells them that he they have Michonne back at wherever you know there's some oh, yeah. station not far mm-hmm. and if anything happens to them that they're gonna kill her so he kind of bluffs them in that respect. When in the show it's like one clean shot and in the comic it's like five cuts or something to take off Tyrese's head. It's like just this brutal. Two pages of them chopping off Tyrese. Do they, they have the katana? Yeah, they have one of, uh, or it, well, yeah, they have the t- the katana, and that's what convinces, uh, sort of placates the governor into thinking, oh yeah, I killed him or I killed her. Mm-hmm. She's she's dead because here's the sword. I think for the most part, again, it's going bad for for them, and they end up just driving the tank through the fence, mm-hmm. and at that point. Well, that's that's when Michonne kind of shows up, just like pops up behind uh, them while they're getting ready. Like they just take care of Tyrese and everybody, everybody, both sides are kind of like, what the heck? Yeah, because he kind of blew his they're evil and we're don't do anything wrong ever. Yeah. And uh... and that's when she shows up with a gun to his head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here's the big thing. Rick and Carl and Lori and the baby are trying to escape. They're running. They're, they, I mean, it's oh, just yeah. all a mess. So they're just yeah. got to make a run There's for it. There's zombies and, and people. S- and still people shooting. And, and people who don't know what they're freaking doing. Why are they out there fighting? It's stupid, but okay. Mm-hmm. And the show, the show kind of handled it that way, too. Because when things started going down and Herschel's head got cut off, mm-hmm. like, those people started to, like, there's similarities for sure in how this oh, yeah. actually yeah. goes down. Those people started questioning things and it just became an even bigger mess Mm -hmm. and uh was it a shotgun or something i don't think so i think it was a rifle i could be wrong but it was something big well Lori and the baby get taken out with one shot yeah and it is brutal and the person that did it realized what she'd done how horrible it was and she's the one that ends up taking out the governor because Mm -hmm. she's like look what you made look what i did Mm -hmm. like what you made me do what what is this yeah. So, and yeah, and you know, Rick sees it obviously, and mm-hmm. Carl. Carl doesn't look back to see it, but figures it out as soon as they're out of town. Like, oh, okay, well, this, yeah. yeah. So, when, it, like, 
everybody dies in the process too. Like Herschel dies, that one inmate dies, and even there's that there's that whole showdown between um, the governor and that gal, mm-hmm. and he and she puts a gun in his mouth. Uh huh. It's a mess. It it is very similar. Like season three, I think it was of the TV show. Is I think it's uh, like season three was the whole Woodbury thing, and I think season four is oh, when this. Okay. Happened. Okay. Because season two is all on the farm. Yeah. It it ends very similarly. Mm-hmm. But in the show, Lori was already dead. But they make us think in the TV show that the baby is dead too. Mm-hmm. Which obviously is not the case if you're watching the show. But it's much more explicit and graphic here. The only ones we know survive are Carl and Rick at the end of this. And, and you know, it's not just shocking because it's, you know, a baby, which it would be anyway. But it's because of who they are. You never expected it if you, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think coming at this, for the most part, I have been all right with like coming at this after read, watching the show. Mm-hmm. Because there's certain things that are hinted at. Because like the show handles things differently, but there's enough similarities where you're like, I bet I know what's going to happen here or where this is going. Mm-hmm. This, I think, is definitely something that would read much stronger not knowing how it goes down in the show. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, it's similar. It's a little more, it's more hardcore in the book, but it's mm-hmm. similar enough that I wasn't totally surprised by it. I think if you were reading it fresh, it'd mm-hmm. be a much But still I'm show. like, Oh my God, Judith too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys are going to continue on. I think they play up the crazy a lot more in the, in the show, but it makes more sense in the book. Oh, uh, Rick, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they haven't really touched on that too much in the book at this point. Well, of course but not yet. Now the dra- traumatic stuff has happened. Mm. Are you saying he's mentally unsound in the future? Mm. What? Um, For a period, perhaps. What do we think about the end of the governor? Because, like, I, as brutal as it is, I prefer this ending to the governor. Yeah, it's similar, like, if I remember right, the show is similar in that I know the governor and Rick fight, like, have kind of a fist fight during all this chaos in the TV show. Mm. But I want to say it's similar in that it's one of the governor's people that kills him because she's upset that she did some, had to kill somebody or... Yeah. It's similar, except they don't have the baby thing in there. Mm-hmm. I right. can't remember exactly how it goes down, but... It is more brutal in the, the book, lesbian sister whom he was having some kind of a thing with. Uh-huh. Like they weren't necessarily a couple, but they kind of were. That's the one that in the, in the oh, book okay. or in the movie okay. show. Oh, she's yeah, she's the one that brought him into the group, basically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then her sister is the one that went on to date the lady that just got shot with a bow and arrow through the eyeball. Oh, that was okay. that shocked me a lot. I was sad about that. I liked her. She was fun. In the last season of yeah. Walking Dead, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I liked I liked how it's handled in the book here. It is brutal. Uh-huh. And at that point, like the governor's so evil when he finally gets it, even though it's amongst all this horrible stuff, you're like, mm-hmm. finally, put this guy down. And there's enough brutality where it's like, you know, yeah, it's kind of satisfying. You're like, oh, give it to that guy. Mm-hmm. But it's not completely like it's not, it's not enough justice, but it's blah words because he's Woodbury's like this. It seems nice and wonderful, but underneath it's, you know, ugh. and so is he. And this is like, 
the world being like, you, you know, seeing him for who he is and, 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 yeah, his own people. Yeah. Seeing him for who he is. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. And knowing he deserves to die. Yeah. Although he should, they should have just like shot his kneecaps off and let him get eaten, but. <laughs> but he's got to get eaten on panel or else he'd come back. Yeah. Right. Because. We'd be, because we'd be stumped otherwise. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we've been reading this. I will read more. You should have said. Even though we. I, I'm going to read more. Yeah, I would definitely read more of it. I am interested to see how future events tie into the show because I feel like they made a huge jump in the show. Like they jumped way forward. Like there's, I feel like there's a bunch I'm missing. Mm. Yeah, there is like years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's what part of my thing. It seemed like, seemed like they spent a really long time on the governor in the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, didn't seem like nearly that long. Or, you know, when you put all of it together to me, in the books. It it wasn't really. Yeah. No. Because there's a whole, like, volume where he's, we don't even think he's alive. hmm Yeah. He basically gets two volumes, two trades, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Which amounts to about, a, 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 it, assuming the book's been, was going monthly at that point, it, it's, it's about a year's worth of story, but that's not, that's really, like, not that much in terms of comics. Well, uh, like it, comic and how long story. has it been running? Like well, a 10? long time, yeah. So a year out of ten, that's oh, that's not that much. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's like twelve out of what they're up to one hundred and fifty something now. Twelve issues out of one hundred and fifty mm-hmm. or so. So, yeah. In the scheme of things, they gave him two volumes, though. Like they gave him two seasons of TV versus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but the but the, the time frame is so weird. Yeah. That things you know. They they do things that are farther ahead and then skip things and then maybe go back to them. So, the, you know. Well, and that's how they tie in Tyrese. Yeah, you're right. They bring people together somehow. They continue to do so. I'm like, are they just never going to do this or are they going to save that for later? They may not ever do it. Oh. It's its own thing. Kind of like Preacher. Which I really need to watch. Yeah, have you got, you haven't got to check any of it out yet? No, I haven't even done the first episode. Have you, uh, like how many episodes in is it? Um, if it's on tonight, I think tonight will be the fifth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I need to watch the first episode before it's not free anymore. Did we read that here? I mean, on Grogs? I can't remember. No, we haven't read The Preacher yet. Oh, Oh, really? Crap, that's... Well, you've already read Preacher. Yeah, I, I Otherwise, know. that would be the thing to do. Yeah, you said we couldn't pick anything I had read. That's because... Yeah. Because you, you need to read it. You need to experience these things new with us. I know. But dang, man. <laughs> <laughs> Boom power? That was, that was like stoner, Melanie. <laughs> I, was chan- I was channeling uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. I think if I was a man... You'd be Matthew McConaughey. I'd, I'd be similar. <laughs> all right, all right. So I just, I just, I officially put Preacher on the pull list right now. Oh, oh, you did? I did. All right. Because yeah. I'm kind of shocked that it isn't on there. So it's, I, I really it, like it. It is now. It's a dereliction of our listeners' I, duty. I did it. I just abused my authority. But that's another one of those ones where, I mean, I read it all and I like it all. But I can't say which part of it is better. Yeah. Well, it's good, though. It, it feels like a list of shame thing. 
And speaking of which, Randy, I believe you're the only one that had not read The Watchmen. That is I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to lead towards it after after this. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I have finally read Watchmen. I can't believe I haven't so far. I hadn't Back, so far. Background, did you watch the movie and then read it? Okay, so here's my brief history with The Watchmen. I, I had at some point watched the movie. I was mm-hmm. not, this is before I'd like, this is going to be telling, but this is before I like jumped heavy into comics. Mm-hmm. So I was not super familiar with, with Watchmen at all, but I had watched the movie after it came out. So it would have been whatever I'm assuming maybe the director's cut, whatever they released. We rented it and watched it. And I remembered very little from it except it was long. And I didn't care. <laughs> like, I was not thrilled with that movie at all. And I don't even remember why, other than I wanted it to be over long before it was over. Because scenes look good on comic books that aren't necessarily as cool. And Well, and I'll, I'll jump back to that. So, with the DC Rebirth thing and all this Watchmen talk, I was like, oh, yeah, Watchmen. Like, Melanie's read Watchmen. And, of course, I know, you know, you've read Watchmen, Jesse. I was like, mm-hmm. how have I not read this yet? So I was like, all right, I need to read Watchmen. It is, and it is a dense read. Yeah. It took me a while to get through it, but man, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the fa- depth. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. And there's so much, there's just so much going on and there's so much to it. And it's, and it's, I don't know, like it's definitely like a play on just the comic book medium in general, but there's also a lot that feels really, uh, feels very original about it. There's a lot that seems unique, even though it is playing on like, you know, comic book history and golden age comics and, and all kinds of, and the media playing with the medium itself. And what's the, what's the end game of superheroes? Yeah. Like what happens after the superheroes are basically, they've basically done what they do and now you make them gods. And, and reading it, I didn't have the, I didn't get the same issue. I didn't have the same problem I did with the movie. Like it's dense and it took me a while to get through, but I, I didn't feel like, Oh, when's this going to end? Like I was into it mm-hmm. and, um, I thought it was interesting. There's a lot of like just really cool little things in the, like uh, the story in general was interesting, but there's also a lot of really cool things in the writing and in the artwork, like reoccurring themes mm-hmm. and just little touches that I noticed that I appreciated quite a bit. Yeah. So I, I thought it was fantastic. And then after I read it, I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe because I, I don't know, because I'm an idiot. I want to, maybe I'll oh, revisit. No. I'll try to you revisit. You watched the movie, didn't you? I tried. So I got a hold of the ultimate cut of Watchmen. This thing is three, three and a half, almost four hours long. Does it, does it give you hope for Batman v Superman, the ultimate cut? Oh. Uh... <laughs> that's tough because i felt the regular cut of batman v superman was too long but so i started watching it and i got i don't think i got an hour into it maybe an hour and i eventually stopped i was like what am i doing because and and to jump back to what you were saying is there's a lot of visuals they did pull right from the comic book i mean overall it's got a slightly different aesthetic but I think what frustrated me most about watching the movie is obviously they had the money and the capability 
to do it right. Like it looks good. There's like I said, there's a lot of shots pulled right from the comic book. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. And the shots they pulled from the comic book, I don't have an issue with that. What I have an issue with, and it falls in it's it's the same issue I find I have with a lot of Zack Snyder stuff, not to just keep railing against him, but it's gotta be his fault, is there's no emotion behind it. There's mm-hmm. no like right. Even working with interesting source material, having the money to actually produce this like insane, insanely visual thing, mm-hmm. like all that, but there's no emotion to it. There's no weight behind the characters. A couple of the characters, like a couple of the characters, I liked the casting and I thought they were okay, but like some of the casting was bad. And then the acting in general was not good. Like some of them are delivering line, were delivering lines. And it's like, Dude, that line should have some weight. And it's just like, blah, 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 and then move on. Like, they just, there's nothing behind it. That's, I think maybe that's kind of part of what I was trying to say, but I didn't really say it at all. Yeah, yeah. But, like, there's, okay, like a scene in my brain in the comic book, and there's something like a, I don't remember what it was. I want to say, like, a piece of paper. And it's got, like, panels that go, like, zoom in on it. Mm-hmm. And it means something. And in, the movie, there's a thing laying there and they zoom in on it, but it doesn't have, you don't, it, there's no point to it. It does, you don't have, it doesn't have any effect on you. It doesn't mean anything. There's no purpose for it. Yeah. I kind of see what you're saying because, because you in, in some ways, yeah. It, there's no emotion attached to it. Yeah. And that's something I have issue with Zack Snyder movies in general. They're all just look amazing and he can try as many slow motion shots with music going as he wants, but like, that doesn't give it emotion. It just feels like there's mm-hmm. nothing behind any of it. It's all visual with no, like, any, like, human force behind it. Right. And and then in some respects, the comic book, in its weird, like, mostly nine-panel pages, nine tiny panels mm-hmm. on each Ooh. page, it's like sometimes that was able to convey a more cinematic feeling uh, sequence mm-hmm. than the movie does. Yeah, yeah. So I see your point there. You're right. Well, because sometimes... They didn't even have like text. It would just be like a sequence of this character doing something and you'd be like, Oh, this is what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also the music, like huge constant missteps in the music. And one thing that bugged me when I first watched the movie was they used Ride of the Valkyrie when, uh, Manhattan was late. Was it Vietnam? Might have been. Yeah. Where there, there's the Vietnam War or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they used Ride of the Valkyrie. And the problem with using that song, I felt, was like it felt cheesy because it's so connected to Apocalypse Now. And it's become one of those things where it's like it's it's in the pop culture collective where it gets spoofed all the time. Mm-hmm. Anytime yeah. you have like a big, you know, it's usually helicopters machine uh, gunning people down and stuff like that. But any like Vietnam thing or whatever, they use that. And to use that cheapened, I think the movie, it just felt, I was like, oh, that seems so cheesy. Well, then reading the comic book, I was, it was interesting that that song specifically is referenced in like the one guy's, uh, autobiography, Mm -hmm. but it's in a totally different context. And, you know, and I like that little bit of the story, but I was like, still like, maybe he picked it because it was in the comic book. No, most likely he picked it because it's, you know, the apocalypse now connection. It just didn't work. And then there's scenes where it's like they have just some goofy kind of not pop song, but some goofy song that just seems out of place where it's like if you would have dropped a regular score or something that like conveys what the scene 
appears to be conveying instead of just like some crap uh, rock song or pop song or something. Like it would have worked. I don't know. The music was a big problem. Yeah. Anyway, very disappointed in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought I wouldn't be, but the book was great. Yeah. I think w- one of my major problems with the movie was like um, the scene with, and I, I always come back to this, but the scene with Rorschach and he dunks this guy's head in like the greaser, like the deep fat fryer. And that's not how it goes down in the books at all. And there was, there were audience members that were cheering for Rorschach doing that. And I was like, Oh my God. First of all, this isn't the way it went down in the book. And second of all, you shouldn't be cheering for that. Well, that's a horrific thing. And obviously they're missing the point. Yeah. But that's kind of part of my issue with some of both, you know, Zack Snyder will take these comic book things or these themes he picks up from the comic books and he'll translate it and be like, you know, uh, look at, uh, look at this. Be so proud of me. But it's like, I don't think you understood the themes. I don't think you got the point of what this is supposed to be saying. Zack Snyder. I think that felt, you know what it should have been? That should have felt like, what's that one movie with Kim Basinger where it's like a, um, a detective story set in olden times? In the period you like. Olden times? Yeah. Uh, like L.A. Noir or something yeah. like that? Oh, like yeah. Hollywood Confidential? Or- yeah. That's, it yeah. should have felt like game. that. Yeah. It should have felt like that with superheroes. And instead, it was like Dick Tracy, only a little less goofy. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> That's a great comparison. Yeah. Yeah, because, okay, like, because it looked dark, didn't feel dark. Watchmen feels, when you read it, it feels dark. Oh, that yeah. that yeah. is a dark, gritty comic book. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, you could see every dollar on the screen. They put a ton of money into it, and it still felt like a B-grade movie at times. Oh, it totally is, because the legacy of it. I mean, like, I'd be surprised if you couldn't find the Blu-ray of this movie for $5 in a Walmart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nobody rewatches this. You know, I went and saw it in the theater because it should have been incredible, and I could pick it up for $5. That's one of the saddest things is, the book is really good and uh, almost everything else that I've seen attached to it or that mimics it or that takes parts from it or mm-hmm. tries to incorporate it at all. They're all good except for that. Yeah. The movie. I don't know if what, if they did this in certain versions or whatever, cause there's three, three cuts of the movie. Apparently there's the theatrical, a director's cut, and then the ultimate cut, which is like, I don't know why they kept giving him money to work on this thing, but it's like, not the director's cut. He was just like, well, let's play with it more. We got more we can jam in here. Because people don't know. They don't, <laughs> they don't know. You know how many movies there are based on books and people have never heard of the book and probably don't know until like five years later when somebody's like, no, that movie's a piece of crap because it's not nearly as good as the book. And they're like, oh, it was a book. Well, see, and that's the thing though. That, like, I don't think it's crap because it's not as good as the book because when we first watched it, I hadn't read the book. I, and I still thought it was crap. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to like it and I just couldn't. And that was the same with this viewing. And it, uh, so another thing is like, I'm impressed in, in, in the cut I was watching, they were doing the comic within the comic. They were doing the black, what was it? The black freighter comic, the pirate thing or the, mm-hmm. the guy, the stranded sailor guy. Um, but, mm-hmm. but in the movie it, it was animated. They, so they'd go to this like totally animated thing that is this story, but it, I was like, it doesn't really, it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, because part of what makes that 
so interesting in the comic book is that it's a comic book within a comic book. It's playing with the medium. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you were, since you're translating the comic book to a motion picture, I guess the equivalent of that is doing an animated thing in the movie, but it didn't look right. I was like, it just, I don't like it. I didn't, it just, I felt it didn't work. I appreciate that they tried to do it because I expected they'd just cut that whole thing out. I was like, how are you going to do that in the movie? That's not going to work. So, okay. So like thinking about movie comics that have failed, uh, Daredevil, people have said that Daredevil director's cut is far better than the theatrical. Is there a cut of the Watchmen that is better than what we got? There could be a cut that's better, but... But that's not saying much. Well, and I think a lot of the issue falls into, and I've actually, oddly enough, been kind of thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, earlier today, I was looking up a, I didn't look, actually like track any down, but I was looking up fan edits of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that all came from us talking about Batman v Superman, because I was right. like, I didn't really like this movie, but it feels like there could be a good movie in it. Like, it could be made better with it. Uh, oddly, this ties into Super, or not Superman, but it, it ties into Star Wars because there's like the, what, the machete cut mm-hmm. of, of Star Wars where it's like, well, if you just cut this movie out entirely and you just take bits and pieces and you shuffle it around, then this is kind of okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of Star Wars cuts on. Yeah. Online. Those prequels, man, they mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah, they basically cut the prequel down to a normal-sized movie, and it was okay, apparently. And that's people like that enjoy the property, and are like, "What are you? What have you done? You've messed this up." Like, there's yeah. good stuff in here, but like, let's try to salvage this. Um, and in the case of the Watchmen, I think a lot of the problems, at least for me, come from, and I didn't get that far, but some of the things they changed around kind of bugged me, and then performances. Mm-hmm. I think if you rescored some of it, maybe not not even change the score, but change some of the music that they drop in there. And there are like Watchmen fan edits and stuff. I think that would improve it. But like some of the performances, it is bad. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing, but that's like true of every Zack Snyder movie. They look amazing. True. But there's just a lot of weird little bad stuff that just cheapens yeah. the whole feel of all of them. And 300 was pretty cool, but when I first seen 300, and in general, people have a very favorable opinion of it. Mm-hmm. I don't hear a lot of people ba- bag on 300 like you hear Watchmen or Batman. I, you know, I didn't have any criticisms, and then I watched the riff tracks for 300, mm-hmm. and, the th- and the riff tracks are incredible. <laughs> they are incredible. Uh, I highly recommend them. If you've never done a riff tracks before, do... Um, <laughs> do any X-Men movie and do 300 because nice. they're, they're incredible. But I mean, for the most part there, I mean, there's a story there, but everybody, everybody who took a history class knows the story in 300. It was made to be a visual movie. That was what it was about. It was all like, eyeball yeah. Porn. yeah. And I think yeah. 300 works better than a lot of his other movies, but I, uh, and, and it is, there's not a lot in the story there. It's pretty straightforward. But if even, we had a if we had a Zack Snyder yearbook, three hundred would have the caption most likely to rewatch. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but even that, when I first come out of it, I was a little disappointed because I was like, it doesn't like, yeah, it looks amazing, but it just doesn't feel like there's anything behind it. And that's consistently been my complaint with it, most of. Well, at least you could like quote it. You could be like, "This is Sparta," 
And there's a quote. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which rhymes with which rhymes with Martha. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you say that name? Why? Why did you say that name? Does it rhyme with Martha? Or did I make that up? Uh, You took creative license with it. It's close. It's close. Why did you say that name? (laughs) Online, anything that has anything to do with Batman v Superman, the comments is a mess. You go down there and it's like half the people hate it or think oh, the other half are crazy. The so other divisive love. And it's not even like people aren't like, I didn't care for this movie. It's like, you guys are crazy. This is the worst movie of all time. And then the other half of the people are like, this is you the most amazing movie. It. Yeah. You this, just don't get it. They've succeeded in that movie because as much as like when we recorded that, that Grolix bites where we talked about it, me and Jesse, we bagged on it most of the time. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to look at, to watch I can't wait for it to get released. I check online often and be like, when is it coming out? I want to see that unrated cut. I want to yeah. see the three, yeah. three no, hour. I'm, I'm with you. I want to see that three hour cut of a two and a half hour movie that I couldn't wait for it to end. That, that's like, why I asked about like, what's the best cut of Watchmen? Because I haven't seen the Watchmen. Who watches the Watchmen? Well, not me. Uh, not since it came out in the theaters. Is there a good cut? I don't know. I want to say I suspect because of the way they release movies most of the time. When Mel and I, Melanie and I first watched it, I think we watched the director's cut because usually, you know, that's what they hits the video. Mm-hmm. I remember not liking it, and then, like I said, the ultimate cut. I I couldn't. I didn't even make an hour. I I mean I know uh, I, I know I watched it, but I don't really remember. I mean I remember the book, but I don't really remember the movie. And all I remember remembering about the movie was like blue Barbie crotch. <laughs> or or wobbling Wang. He's yeah, it's he's got the the gear. Yeah, well it's not it's not It's the Manhattan Project. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. Wait, was that War Games? That's something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you know like looking at I I'm on uh Zack Snyder's IMDB page uh-huh. and I'm looking at this and I swear it goes backwards. Like the things I like most about Sna- uh, about Snyder's career are at the beginning. Like uh-huh. I don't mind Dawn of the Dead. I I didn't mind his reboot. Three hundred wasn't bad. And then we get to Watchmen. I like Dawn of the Dead actually. Yeah, yeah. Dawn of the Dead wasn't bad. Three hundred not bad. Watchmen. That was the next one. It literally goes in that order. You know what's so funny? I I did like the Dawn of the Dead remake to a point. And I went to the theater and saw it. In fact, I've seen a couple of his movies in the theater. I came out of it. My takeaway was like, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. But like, it didn't feel like there was anything behind the characters. That has consistently been my like beef with all of his movies before I even knew who he was. Maybe some of them, but. He actually introduced a character, though, didn't he? Like the gun shop owner. Like that was a rare moment where we had a there's, new character from Zack Snyder. There was several actually because the, there's the pregnant there's, couple. There's more. There's more characters in the remake than wasn't that that wasn't in the original, was it? Uh, no, the original most for the most part, if you don't count the biker gang, is and other than Tom Savini, why would you count the biker gang? They're right. all fodder. For the most part, it's what four people mm-hmm. the whole movie, and and the chick. I felt. I, I, the main chick. It, well, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. She had uh, stuff. Maybe it's more there's characters I just didn't like in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I couldn't stand half of them. Yeah. 
the pregnant couple being one of them, and they shouldn't have been in the movie. I liked the beginning. I liked the stuff before she got to the mall a lot. The beginning scene is awesome. Yeah. But anyway, it's not bad. And I actually, I went to the theater and saw it and was expecting to hate it. Yeah. Because I loved Honor the Dead. And I was like, oh, they're remaking a movie I like a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people were going. And I was like, yeah, I'll go see it. But I wasn't expecting to like it. And I did like it. It's kind of like Walking Tall with Dwayne Johnson. Like, that's not a good movie. But there was so much time between Walking Tall and Walking Tall that it didn't matter anymore. It was like, okay, there's been enough time that's passed that I can watch a reboot of this. I have no idea. Well, the only name I knew in there was Wayne Johnson. I don't know what Walking Tall is. But if it said that name, I probably would not go and see that movie. Because I learned... As a child, if there's a wrestler in it, it's crap. <laughs> oh, it's sure. just it's just how it is. What about Guardians of the Galaxy? What about Guardians? Who's a wrestler? Oh well, B- uh, Batista, Drax. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, it's uh, I. I would oh. uh, nothing goes over my head. I would catch it. I'm too fast. He's the the big muscly guy who takes that. everything literally. Walking Tall came out in 1973, and then it was redone by The Rock. Yep. It's basically a revenge tale, so you can't get those wrong. Well, and that's not a terrible movie to remake, because, I mean, it's an older movie, mm-hmm. and some older movies are okay. Now, if you're talking like some classics, you're fighting an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Right. Why do they do that? Why do they remake good movies? So that new audiences will see it. New audiences won't watch old movies. Well, it's like, uh, like yeah. sometimes remakes work. I, I will admit that, and, and I'm, I'm one of their biggest critics, but like the new Planet of the Apes movies versus the ones that came out at the end of the sixties. Okay. There's been enough time. Yeah. Yeah. It, but not counting the one with Mark Wahlberg because that was. No, that doesn't exist. No. In my, in my mind. It shouldn't. <laughs> well, and the, the new ones, the, like the, uh, I never watched it all the way through. The, the first one? No, the the series. The planet? No, the um, the Tim Burton remake. Oh no, don't! I never watched all the way through. I was kind of irritated that they did that one, even no, even with Tim Dur- Burton attached. The Mark Wahlberg one, because right. that's a remake yeah, no. of the original. Yeah. But the prequels or whatever, I I actually I haven't watched the second one. They they are kind of leading up to what would be a remake. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one and two are still prequels, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And they're both awesome for different reasons. Like Rise, you get to see this interplay between Caesar and the humans and how he's basically raised by them. And that's why he's super intelligent. And then in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, he's left them behind, but he still has a connection to them. Yeah, I watched the first. I haven't seen the second one. That's been one I've been meaning to oh, watch. You one- should see it. You'd love the music. I, I I enjoyed the first one quite a bit. I was actually surprised by that one. This one's Matthew Broderick, baby. What's what's Matthew Broderick? Project X. Matthew Broderick. Project X. Oh. Wasn't that you, you referring <laughs> yeah, to? Yeah. Th- th- this, that. Oh, Manhattan Project? No, maybe. I always... Yeah, maybe. That's apes, huh? There's apes in Let's there. Let's remake Project X. I'm on board. That was a good movie. I liked it. Yeah. I, I have a thing for super intelligent apes and monkeys, though, so... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why. Especially monkey.com. If they can smoke a cigarette and fly an airplane, I am all about it. (laughs) (laughs) There is a tank. There is a tank driving ape in the second movie. 
Oh my god, I just snapped into Manicorn voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh man. man. Blah 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 <gasps> nerd sounds. There was no for real. Somebody called me uh, their daughter didn't get off the bus yet. Her name? Manicorn. <laughs> what? I'm like I'm sorry, could you spell that for me? And it was pronounced manicorn. It was pronounced that way. It wasn't really spelled. She was she was from another country, but still uh, manicorn. Yeah. Whoa. I thought it was. A, I Whoa. thought it was. I thought it was a <laughs> that's, that's a prank or something at first. You ca- that caused Jesse to go full Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I was totally reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bogus journey for sure. Oh man. <laughs> Oh no! I gotta go to my lake house. <laughs> that, you know what? <laughs> I'm about to my point break. Okay, oh! I passed it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm tired of the Keanu Reeveses. <laughs> That's what they should do. They should have a director or some movie film people that just devote their life to making Keanu Reeves movies over. Because they Without all, Keanu Reeves. they all have such potential. <laughs> they, they should, you know, when they should release that sweet November. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, you guys. They need a director like Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> yes. Who made Bram Stoker's Dracula? There was no way I could work that in. That was <laughs> that was that was okay. That was as close as you were gonna get. As close as I was gonna get for that. Uh, but it sucked. <laughs> John Wick was cool. I did like John Wick actually, but it still could have been just as good, if not better, with a different actor. But he was serviceable in that because because he didn't have to talk. Well, it, yeah, it worked. <laughs> he I just mean, had to look. I don't hate in- Keanu Reeves. He just had really. to look intense at times. He's just. I don't know. It's just weird. I don't. I don't. I don't dislike him as a person. I don't even necessarily think he's like a okay, horrible he's actor. Talent- he's just. He's talented. Mm. <laughs> mm, I don't know. But uh, I like the movies he chooses. I really do. I think he has good taste. They just don't turn out good. Yeah. I think his demeanor doesn't fit a lot of the roles he he, he gets right. cast in. I agree. Bill and Ted is fantastic. Yeah. He, he's yeah. perfect. <laughs> just do that. <laughs> well, and speaking of which, there is a third movie. Is it is it happening? Bill, Bill, uh, Alex Winter. I keep seeing Bill, but Alex Winter has said it's happening. Uh, Keanu Reeves says it's happening. They're saying it's not happening like immediately, but it's happening. It's not female versions of them that everyone's going to hate. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I heard that, real worry in um, Jesse's voice. Uh, just now. Uh, wait, I, I mean that that theme song's not. No, it is horrible. <laughs> I can't redeem that. And I lived through like the Run DMC version, which was not as good as the original, but was still serviceable. And now we have Fallout Boy and Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott, why would you do that? I still have not watched the Ghostbusters trailer or anything. You, no, don't. I think it'll actually. I I I still have like a small seed of hope in my heart that this movie will be good because I don't have a problem with any part of the premise, like a reboot with, with all female characters, if done well, will be fine. But everything I've seen to this point is not helping. The few like 
little snippets of anything I've seen I've not been keen on. And it's caused such a meltdown online. See, and I'm 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 a counterculture person at heart, so I want to believe that they're wrong. Uh-huh. But uh, it's like the chipettes. It's stupid. Why do it? You know? Let's have the uh, yeah. same characters only make them chicks. <laughs> no, and I, you can't have a female Bill Murray. It'll it'll be weird and kind of gross. Well, it'll be a different character. He's the main thing that makes it good. Yeah. Well, they weren't going to get him anyway. Oh, I, I know. But I mean, and that's that's why we haven't had a, like a proper Ghostbusters 3. But it ties into your point. Well, I guess they're, they're going to be different characters. But of like, why not just come up with a new property that's women? Why does it have to be women versions of guys? Mm-hmm. Like your beef with Batwoman and Batgirl and Supergirl and yeah. everything like that. Yeah. Sure. Wonder Woman. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, um, you know, women whips and chains and all. <laughs> well, women either really, but, but I have more respect for her than I do for the rest of them because she is, she's her own thing, her own thing. Yeah. I'm not into bondage. So she's not my kind of character, but I guess, I don't know. That specific issue isn't unique to just like, we need a woman or a girl character. It's, you know, you got Superboy. They yeah. went a weird way when they went with Robin. They got Bat Cow. Come on. <laughs> they got Crypto, the super dog. He's, he's the GD Batman. He can have a Bat Cow. Yeah. But Bat Cow works. You know why Bat Cow works? Because they've done it so his, much that it became funny again. Batman. <laughs> well, I was going to say because Grant Morrison come up with it, but whatever. So I've been reading a bunch of DC stuff. That shocks no one. <laughs> I read Superman number one last night, the new Superman number one. I, I saw that you rated that. I loved it. I thought it was great. I give it a five star. Oh. I've also been reading because as they do, a Superman has died, which means there are suddenly Superman crawling out of the woodwork because that's Ooh. what happens when a Superman dies. I've also been reading action comics and I've not been as thrilled. And from what I understand, the at least the original the core idea is that's going to be super Lex. Oh, that's, yeah. Action comics will be Lex Luthor. They've never done that before, except they have. <laughs> and I've been reading that. I, I want to say there's two issues of that out and it, it's okay. I was not thrilled. I liked the rebirth issue, but I was not thrilled with the first one. And then the second one is just kind of a bunch of action. So there's not, did really they give him an orange lantern power ring? No. Okay, good. He has a mother box. Oh. And his mother box. Now, they set this up in the whole, like, Justice League dark side war thing. But his mother box, do you know what it says instead of ping? Do ex machina? <laughs> <laughs> Close. It says Lex. Oh, of Lex, course Lex, Lex, it Lex, does. Do ex machina. But, so I was not thrilled about that. And, and I was like, well, Superman's out. And Superman is primarily following the pre- New 52 Superman, who's been in our universe for a little while, or the the New 52 universe for a little bit. And, but he's also all up in a action comic, so I was like, well, what's it matter? But, so I read and it. And he's listening to people named, like, Mr. or Dr. Oz, which doesn't sound anything like Ozymandias. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He gets mentioned in Superman number one, actually. Oh. There's no, there's no, like, outside of the mention, he doesn't show up or anything. But so I read, you know, on a whim, I read Superman number one last night and it's got, I didn't realize because I pretty much pay attention to Batman news. Uh, 
what's what is their names? Uh, Gleason is doing the art. It's basically the Batman and Robin creative team. And oh. I was really digging the Batman and Robin run for the most part. I mean, they weren't mm-hmm. all knockouts, but when they were, they were amazing. And for the most part, they're, they're pretty, pretty good. So right away, I was like, Oh, holy crap. I didn't know. I didn't know this. And it makes sense because Batman and Robin was a father son book. And in the new Superman, it's Superman and he and his family, Lois, and they have a son. So I was like, well, I guess I can see the connection they made there, but I enjoyed it. Not a lot happened. But there was some kind of heavy stuff with the son, like, developing his powers, and he tries to... I'm going to go ahead and spoil it, because I don't know that either of you are going to read it. But at one point, he's chasing after his cat, who is chasing after a, a mouse, and he's just running along. They're just kind of like, you know, he, whatever, he's running through a field and doing kid things. And, and they run into crypto. No, no. And a, a hawk or something comes down and grabs his dog, or the cat, I mean, and goes to fly off with the cat. And so the kid freaks out and goes to laser beam the hawk and blows the crap out of the hawk and his cat (laughs) right and so and he doesn't tell his parents about it and so i was like oh my god they're going for they're playing for feels here they're going they're playing rough and then at the end like wonder woman and batman show up to talk to this clark because they know he's a different clark and all this and that but they show up and it's all from the point of view of the kid like watching from his bedroom and it the, the the art makes it look really creepy like you know, he's watching them and they talk and they're kind of outside and they live out on a farm and it's dark. And then there's like, you turn a page and it's a big panel of like, they're all looking up at the window at him and like the way, uh, Gleason draws the posture on Batman and his eyes are just like two little white dots and like, it's super creepy. And the kid's like, ah, it's just handled so well. And I was like, this, this is surprisingly fantastic. So I might have to start following some Superman. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to enjoy it. And then they're going to change creative teams and it's, yeah, just. Just steal yourself. Yeah, that I'm sure that probably will. But in my mind, that happy, happy thoughts. Mm-hmm. Superman's son's going to be a villain. Oh, that would be kind of a cool turn to take. It would be the Zod man out. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a... Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, okay, yeah. Leap for puns in a single bound. <laughs> oh. Man, I feel like this is probably the end of the show, huh? Yeah, yeah. Holly Holly actually is home and I smell food from the kitchen. Let's go to Jesse's house. Yeah, huh? <laughs> I don't even know what it is. It just smells like food. <laughs> Good food, not bad food, not, I don't know. not enchiladas. It's, it's just, just food. Just food. <laughs> you, without knowing it, you just quoted a wrestling thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. Roman Reigns, he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's just the guy. <laughs> yep. Now we're a wrestling podcast, too. <laughs> yep, that's where wrestling's at. You didn't know that, right? We're a wrestling podcast now. So. Everyone is. No one's no one's safe. <laughs> no one's safe. It's spreading. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't a network thing, either. This is uh, the whole world. I think it starts from Twitter, though. Oh. You know what I feel like? I feel like one of the people in the, in the, um, the Body Snatchers movies. Uh-huh. That I made you watch, where I'm like sitting here, and then you guys come over and you're like Wah! pointing at me. <laughs> and I need to go run and next hide. Next thing and... you know, you're emerging from a pod, and you're like, "When so when's a uh, SmackDown on? <laughs> is that still a thing, or is it raw? When's raw? It's, no, it's it's become. You don't know how timely you are because uh, SmackDown is now on the same channel as Raw, and they're going to do a brand extension, which they did like way back in the 2000s. 
and they're going to split up their roster again. So SmackDown's going to be more relevant than it's been in the last 10 years. Yeah. I'm going to have to make sure I put this in the show notes, some SEO. <laughs> right? SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I'll, I don't know. I stopped. The last thing that I ever knew about wrestling that I paid any attention to because it made me chuckle was that they were fighting with the, what was it? The, the panda people for the, what? Name, for their name. The, the, oh, the, the WWF. WWF versus, uh-huh. oh, yeah, yeah. And then at, by, by, at that point, I was already like, it's, it's not entertaining to me anymore. Well, that, that was real world. They got sued and that's why it's the WWE now. Mm-hmm. No, no, they were, I thought there were both. Oh, no, that was WWC. Yeah, never WCW? Mind. Whatever the, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's been a WCW. long time. You know how they should have resolved this? Hmm. The wrestlers? Pandas? Hell in a cell! <laughs> Pandalirium. I want a TLC match. <laughs> okay, what's TLC, man? Mean. <laughs> Tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh, good boy. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, Dustin in, from Pro Wrestling Iowa, Pro mm-hmm. Wrestling Iowa podcast, said he was later looking to expand and do some different things, wrestling themed things, but I think it was him. Yeah, yeah, with the video game concept. Yeah, he mentioned, you know, they wanted to cover like the history of wrestling video games. And I was like, oh man, I played the crap out of WWF. It was when it was still WWF. SmackDown 2, Know Your Role. I played oh, that yeah. game for years. We still have I don't it. Remember, I don't we remember. We still have it. We do. I don't it, know which game it was, but it was like an N64 game, I believe. And I created both myself and my sensei as wrestlers. Nice. Because you could, you know, you had that create a wrestler mode. Yeah, that was probably around the same time period because SmackDown 2 was, I had it on a PS1, but that was like a big part of the draw was super in-depth create a character yeah and it, you you know this is back in the ps1 days we had the memory cards and you- actually it might have been a ps2 game now that i think about it yeah it was somewhere in there from you know that's not a broad span of time at all you know n64 <laughs> to ps2 well i mean in the grand scheme of things probably not but because i always equate PS1 and N64 were about the same generation. And then PS2 would have been... So it would have been the tail end. Oh, okay. Yeah. The next... Yeah. Not every video game console lasts 10 years or plus like the last one did. That's kind of impressive. Yeah. I played that game for like years and there were still like little gameplay mechanics I was discovering later on. Like you could... uh I want to say you could pull out chairs from under the ring or something in certain areas. Just weird little things like that. I was like, holy crap. This is oh, a game yeah. changer. You could, uh, you know, like, uh, Nintendo's pro wrestling game, you could button mash the crap out of that, but I still loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were, and there were characters that I would discover later on where I was like, Oh my, you can't beat this guy. Like, it doesn't matter who you play against this guy, but if you do this guy in a certain way, you can't win against him. I think it was like Starman or something. Starman. Melanie's on her phone. Well, I'm trying to look this thing up because I don't I, I gotta find out what it is. It's bugging me. It's bugged me all my life. Or not, not all my life, but for chunk of it. <laughs> it's bugging me all my life, and right now I must know. What is it? What are you looking for? I'm looking up what home video game consoles were available when I was growing up because I played the crap out of this game on a system that 
only this one person that I know ever had, and nobody else. That, I've never seen anyone else that had it. Okay. And I have was to. It, was it a Coleco? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna guess it was something before NES. What's NES? Nintendo. The first Nintendo. No. Well, the Atari Jaguar came out around the same time. Oh, that's true. That was remember that was that was a weird one. What happened? And then there was also uh, Sega Saturn was one that mm-hmm. like had some games that are like universally hailed, but nobody had a Sega Saturn. That might have been what it was because Sonic was one of the games that we played. Oh, it was definitely a Ooh. Sega system. It, it was probably a Saturn then, or an uh, or a Sega Genesis thirty two. Yeah, maybe because that was like a hiccup between the the Genesis and the Saturn Sega well, CD. I, all I know is oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I played it all the time. N- nobody else I knew ever had one, and I'd talk about games that I played on it, and then I'd talk about what it looked like, and then they're like, "What are you talking about? I've never seen that. It didn't exist." Um, wait, what is this? Well, tell us about it. It was like uh, it it. It still had cartridges, but it wasn't Nintendo, and it wasn't, um, oh. It wasn't Sega Genesis? It could have been regular Sega, too. Yeah, there was a, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember say, regular Sega. I want to say it wasn't Sega, because I, I, there was, like, commercials out for Sega, and I'm like, that looks cool. That's, like, the next step. I, that, I could be wrong, but it, I don't know. But if it, okay, mm-hmm. but it had Sonic. Yeah. Back in the day, if it had Sonic, it was Sega. Right. It's it'd be well, like and Sega was at first. What, all she had was all, all there. All there was was dinosaur games and something. And then later, uh, there was a Sonic game. Yeah, what Genesis. Was Genesis is the first place we saw Sonic, right? I think so. Maybe it was that. But then, if that was it, then they didn't call it. Nobody ever said Sega about it because then they had Sega commercials, and we were like, "Whoa, that looks cool!" Mm-hmm. I remember yeah, being excited about it. Yeah, because Sega had did have an eight bit system. I've never seen anybody that had uh, one. I, I uh, had a friend that played it, and we, uh, in fact, their, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but like their pro wrestling game was way better than um, than the Nintendo one. Mm-hmm. But like the original Sega had two input slots. It's like they couldn't decide how they wanted to play games, so they had an they had like a memory stick. Uh, where you could play games off of a memory stick or you could play off of uh, a cartridge. And cartridge was by far more stable. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was real bizarre. Yeah. It's worth lo- it's worth looking up, I, I think, because like I, I look back on that and I'm like, wow, why did they do that? There's a couple YouTube channels that I occasionally will get sucked into that do like video game history type mm-hmm. videos that are like super thorough. One of them is, you know... uh video game the video game historian and that one's amusing to me it's a good channel like the dude puts like serious effort into it but it's like watching a pbs special on video (laughs) games like it's he produced it's not like yeah and then this video game it's like uh, it's like antique roadshow vibe but it's all about video games you know it's it's i think you know like i think that sega would be an interesting uh company to do a whole documentary on because if you look at that first system it was kind of doomed to fail and then genesis took off and now look at where sega is now they just make games they don't make a console at all no after genesis it was kind of a slope like in the uh, like yeah like they tried but they just like eventually they just gave up 
And Mitch had a Dreamcast. The Dreamcast was awesome, and it was yeah. Dream Dreamcast was good. Saturn was pretty good, but Dreamcast was like super cult following. Yeah, I almost man, I kind of regret not picking it up. But we seen one a couple years back in a Goodwill or something, and I man, I should have picked it up. Oh, that'd be worth some money now. No, I think it was a Sega. (laughs) Money, because this it looked like it was. Oh, weird. Yeah. Spotted that's that. got to be the first Sega Master System, or oh, that's says Master System Two. I don't, I don't know. What? But it was cooler than a Nintendo, but it wasn't the thing that I, that later we were like, whoa, about. Yeah, it's huh. a Sega. I didn't know they had. So there was a sequel to the first one. I'm thinking it's like because the picture she's got here shows. I think it's all the Master System, their 8-bit version, but it's uh-huh. like. Re like you know you've got the Japanese version and then it, the North it, American. It version. wasn't boxy; it was smooth and rounded and black. Yeah, and it's I think it's like um you know when they'll do the Xbox and the Xbox Slim. Oh, the Sega like Master that. System is kind of rounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's their eight bit system, right? The, the the Sega Master System number two. If you do a Google image search on it, it's kind of rounded. Yeah, and it's black, and the controller is very um. Almost a Nintendo controller. Yeah, well, it was. That, yeah. But that was like all there was at that point, I think. Yeah, I've never. That or a joystick. I've never played that. That's that's interesting. Well, apparently nobody wow. had. It's a, yeah, because then you look at just the Sega Master System, and it doesn't look anything like that. So the Sega Master System 2 is basically the same thing, only rounded off. I guess. That's but what I think. I, yeah. I, I, I oh, and they di- I think they ditched the import card slot. That I was talking about. What's that? Which would have made more sense because that card slot did nothing for them. He was talking about it while you were looking stuff. Oh, it was like it was almost like a memory card. Like you had two options for playing games. You could play on a cartridge, which everybody was used to, or there was almost like a memory card slot, almost like what we use uh, now in our phones and our old cameras and stuff, like an SD card. It was like that, only bigger. There's weird little, I'll, I'll come across like little informa- bits of information about older systems where it's like, you know, the Japanese version had this or they, this, they tried out this, this, uh, accessory, but it, you know, didn't really work out where it's like, that is like 20 years ahead of its time. Yeah. I want to say the Japanese, the NES, like you, there was, um, like network, like internet type connectability, like, uh, Oh, Sega had a channel. There was a Sega channel. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh my God, that would so go over now. It's basically Xbox Live. Yeah. This is Melanie, and we'll always have Grawlix. This is Randy. Anything can happen in the World Grawlix Federation. And this is Jesse. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm Grawlix guy. Thank you for listening to the Grawlix Podcast. The Grawlix Podcast is a production of Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0, international license. To hear more, visit GrawlixPodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast and like us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Podcast.
you like what we do, you want us to do more stuff. You, you like the way <laughs> I the don't show, know what to say. If you like the way the show <laughs> is, you want it to stay firm in its position and not start sagging, then give us some support. Not only start sagging and stay firm, become even more rigid. Oh. I like that. <laughs> more rigid. Wait. Are we, yeah. still, are we still talking about Patreon? <laughs> we want this podcast to become engorged. <laughs> are you talking about letters again? Oh, man. <laughs> you did not dot P's and Q's. <laughs> <laughs>